middle calf. Hey, babe. There's a lot going on. In fact, it is still going on. As we record on this Sunday night, we are live on YouTube. So for everybody on YouTube, hello. Like this video. We appreciate that. Subscribe to the channel. And smash uh, if you the listen like. to the smash, smash that like button. If you're listening um, to the podcast, go go check out the YouTube channel. If you're listening, we appreciate you listening. No matter where you are, though, go to iTunes, leave us a review. That's how you get in the mailbag. And you also help us out when you leave a review on iTunes. So we appreciate it. Tell us your favorite bar. Leave us a question. And that's how you get in the uh, hand mailbag. We have a Facebook page as well, Haber Middlecoff, easy to find. Give that thing a like. You can follow us on uh, this little thing called Facebook. And, uh, yeah, that's where we have Facebook, obviously a lot on YouTube, and the podcast, which if you're listening to this, you subscribe to, unless you're watching this on YouTube. So a lot of different channels, but mainly subscribe to the podcast, watch the YouTube channel, and check out the Facebook page. And uh, as we record this, I mean, we'll see what happens here. You know, by the time, if you're listening to this not live, you already know the answer to what happens, but... You are you are on a you are on a heater right now. Based on you just pushed all the right buttons on Saturday night, three team college football parlay, which was incredible to follow along with. Well, it was more as just, you know, a couple dogs in the house. You're probably a little truer dog than me, though. You know, I got pretty in deep in my two years. Yeah. Uh, We both, you know, got degrees. Yeah. It's not like it's not like your honorary Jew thing. I mean, this is legit. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Uh and, you know, I, I really just wanted to put some money on Fresno State. And then I was actually, I already told you the story. I'm not going to go too much into it. You know, I was going to bet on our boy Jim McElwain. I was yep. late. Luckily, I didn't because he got beat like 75 to three. Uh, I don't know if that was the exact score, but LSU looked pretty good. So I had $100 in my account. I needed to place a bet. And I just threw together a little three teamer. The home thing I'd put. Uh, like last week we were bullshitting about it. I was like, did you see John Rom's like three and a half to one? And I just looked yeah. at the list of names. I understand John Rom being three and a half to one. He's in a terrible field. Well, terrible field. Max Homa, who is easily probably a top five player in this field, was 60 to one. So I was like, that's, I, I don't think I would have bet on him if he was 20 to one, but I saw 60 to one. I'm like, well, this guy is clearly one of the up and coming young Americans. He's played well. He's won last year. Cal guy, they're playing at uh, uh, Del, not Del, pa- uh, Silverado. I'm sure I would be shocked if Cal didn't play Silverado when he was playing for Cal's golf team, right? <laughs> it's not like yeah. he hadn't played there. I, I just right. put a couple things together. It was just, I was like, yeah, I'll throw fifty dollars on the value. Yeah, and now as we as we record this, as we do this show, uh, he took the lead. Yeah, but you got to be careful when a guy's behind him on par fives. You know, it's like the Masters when a guy uh, takes he, the he lead. He was behind, and now he's in the lead. I, I know, but it's like the guy that he has the lead over gets to play the holes. He's birding a par five. It's I understand, like the but I'm just saying he just is in the lead. He's in the lead. Yeah, he's in the lead. And $50 pays how much? 3000 Times six. D. Yeah. So uh, fifty turns into three thousand. So I would have made fifty six hundred dollars off one hundred and fifty dollars. We won, guy. I mean, we we turned three hundred into uh, yeah. Well, we'll get five eighty. But, but this is I just want people to understand as we're doing this, you might shriek uncontrollably at some point in time here today, as you already have. I did it much talking. more this morning. Uh, I fell asleep the UCLA game. Like that was my last leg of the parlay. Oh wait, you didn't know until this morning? Did not know. Did not know. Oh my God. I also five. fell asleep during the, I fell asleep right after UCLA scored with 55 seconds left to take the lead. Yeah. I woke up 
uh, Jake Hayner, future first round. I mean, probably the number one overall quarterback, I think, in this coming up draft. Anyone, we, we've, we've both reached out to Jake. We're going to reach out through Fresno State. If you're listening and you're friends of Jake, you need yeah. to let him know that we are his people. Yes, that's we right. Are. We are his people. Uh, you, let him know that I said, we talked about this a couple years ago, Jake should have gotten the UW job. They should have given him the job, not Jacob Beeson. They went with Jacob Beeson. Jake Hayner said, I believe I can play. And they're like, yeah, cool. Hang around in the year, you can play. He's like, no, I believe I can play right now. He went to the pride of the Central Valley, the V. He went to Fresno, balled out last year, is just the toughest son of a bitch I've ever seen on a football field. Yeah. Uh, and uh, yeah, just, I mean, I, I do, I do remember you talking games. about him. I have to go full disclosure. I didn't know who he was, even though he's from like our area. I mean, he's like my neighbor. Uh, he probably grew up in a little bigger home than I'm sitting in right now. But uh, we are, I, I am, I, I'm at a loss for how sweet he is watching him play. Like he is everything you, you want in a, in a quarterback of a team that you are rooting for. And I'm full on. I know you are too. And, yeah. And even if he's everything, I think that's the beauty, right? Is like there are people not even rooting for Fresno state that watched this guy and went, Holy hell. Yeah. Like this is what, this is what you want. I, I tweeted a poll last night during the game and I wrote, you okay over there? You okay? Keep an eye on Max. Yeah, I'm just keep, I just love keep an eye. You got to keep an eye. And I was just like, Max, uh, Max Holma, Jake Hayner would start for my team. Yes or no. 82, 82% of people said yes. And I'd said last two weeks ago after the Oregon game that I thought he'd start for nine of the 12 teams in the PAC 12. I need to amend that to 12 of the 12. I mean, I think he'd start from like, if you knew you were getting well, this, I, you see dart, you, you, yeah, I know, you, you were working, you were working. No, I dart. saw dart. I mean, dart carrying the legacy of extremely handsome USC quarterbacks, <laughs> Utah guy. John, pretty, you, pretty fascinating story. Dart kind of came out of nowhere and then became a big recruit, like a senior year. Uh, well, yeah, last year in the COVID year, had you heard of him before? I honestly I swear to God, you're probably a little more locked into the. I'd heard of him USC. because when he, yeah, when he signed, never heard of him. When he signed, it was a big deal because he had not been a major recruit. You know, his touchdown to interceptions last year in high school, he threw 67 touchdowns and four picks. I think was the number. Yeah, that's pretty crazy. But we're talking about Jake Hayner today. Yeah, we're talking about Jake Hayner. Yeah, talking about Jake Hayner today. You're right. I'm glad you did the shout out. Anybody that knows Jake Hayner, you let him know. Yeah, point him in our direction. Point him in our direction. Just say these guys not losers. You should talk yeah. to them. They want to talk to you. Tell them you can be the guest after Joe Staley just came on last week. Yeah, that's right. And we, we can we, got we'll, some Niners coming on down the pipe. We'll we'll reach uh, we'll reach out to some we'll reach out to some people. But um, my uh, mom, about my mom, well. my, I got a text today. From Joan Middlecoff, my, my lovely, supporting, and Relation. fantastic mother. Yeah. And her text was like, again, it kind of comes out of nowhere. Middle, like 11 o'clock in the morning. Games are on. When did Derek Carr block you, comma? Or, I mean, uh, question mark. I'm like, what? <laughs> I, sometimes I think she listens to things like way late or who knows. You know, I don't know if she knows exactly what she's hitting on Apple iTunes. I think she listens through her iPad so she can be cleaning and it's playing. So it could have been... From six months ago, she could be listening and just think is up to date. You know, if you're not yeah. following sports quite as closely, you wouldn't totally know if you just hear people talking about stuff. Yep. And I said, Mom, I don't know. You blocked a lot of people. And her, I wonder if it was Mark Bedane telling him to do that or Mark B, the president of the Raiders, telling him to do she that. She said that. You out of, yeah. I was like, Mom, Mom, this uh, is, he's gone. Maybe she's now. onto something. Yeah. Maybe she's onto something. Maybe she's onto something. John, this show, and you guys, you did it again this weekend. You did it again all last week. You just keep doing it, and we love it. We appreciate it. You kept sending us pictures of you hanging out, 
having some Tito's. We are sponsored by Tito's Handmade Vodka. How great is that? Huh? I mean, it's, does it ever get old, guy? No. Does it Does it ever get old? What do they That's say? Cool. Uh, Pat Hill used to say, we never apologize for winning. And we'll talk about in the NFL, you never, well, I never apologize for Tito's. Not that I would have to apologize for Tito's. It's actually one of a greeting that everyone's enjoying talking about it. But I'm yeah. just so proud. I know you are too. The show is so proud to have these guys involved. I get so much joy when I see people sending us a text or I, I, most of them are DMs or tweets or Instagrams at like 9 a.m. on Friday. Be like, yeah, I'm just uh, I'm starting, right? It's Saturday, Sunday. I totally get it. We got some uh, independent videos from people today just having a good oh. old time. Sometimes I forget just, you know, we, you know, we work on Sunday, so we can't quite get after it. Um, but a lot of people are, and we got some videos and they're great. Tito's number one vodka in America. No big deal. Yeah. What people discover very quickly, some people say, Hey, we want to, so we, we, I got some Tito's to support. And then they discover very quickly. It's a fantastic product. You know, like it's very easy to say, Hey, Tito's is great because people get Tito's and they go, Oh yeah, this is great. Or people I've already been loving Tito's because like you said, it's number one in its category and, um, bam, it's just, it's what. It's it's they're just they already know what it is right yeah uh, so here's what it is it's it's a, a a vodka you're aware of this it's a vodka who it turns out it's the best vodka because the guy that invented it his name's Tito started with nothing had to bet on himself and bet and bet and bet and built and built and built and started winning award after award after award after award it's like well why is it better like so well I mean it's six times distilled in copper pots not columns. Is it more labor intensive? You're damn right it is. But look at the fruits of the labor. It's I number know. one. It's number one. <laughs> it's number one. So, uh, you know, make make whatever drink you want. We're big John Daly's. Like, we, you know, we try to give dis- different recipes, but I think we can keep just saying, make the John Daly. Yeah. I, I, I do think a lot of people, even if, you're, even if you've even if you been a vodka drinker, if you maybe you weren't a golfer, you might not have had a John Daly. Like, it's not, I would say, the most. Like, if you're going to have a vodka drink, a lot of people have martinis. A lot of people have vodka tonics and vodka sodas. Try a John Daly. Just go to your bar, especially if it's sunny outside. Mm. Uh, just say John Daly. If you're playing yeah. golf, definitely say John Daly. Uh, distilled a bottle. Somebody sent us a photo from the golf course the other day. I wonder how that round turned out for those two guys. <laughs> they were ways. It felt like they were on all one. It's like, wait, you got a handle in the golf cart? Is that allowed? <laughs> yeah, they were going pulls on, like, I, I was going to say, then I was like, you know, I don't know if Tito will approve. Take a pull every bad shot. You know, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Here's the be thing: a lot of pulls. if you're in a golf cart with a handle like the big one, you're not. There's no. You're holding on to that as you drive, probably. Right? I would imagine they're pouring drinks. Would be my well. Opinion. They absolutely are, but I'm just saying, like, it doesn't fit in the cup holder. You could put a couple towels in the little crate behind you, you know, so it doesn't. Yeah, break. maybe if you get a little ice. Yeah. Distilled and bottled in Austin, Texas, forty percent alcohol by volume, namely eighty proof, crafted to be savored responsibly. Podcast also brought to you by MyBookie.ag promo code Ham One. That's where the action, as it's happening right now, is happening. I, I just want people to know, mybookie.ag, promo code HAM1. We get asked a lot, where do you guys gamble? How do I gamble? Where do I gamble? Mybookie.ag, promo code HAM1. Already in the bag, I turned $100 into $26.50. As I'm recording this, <laughs> this guy misses his putt, I might turn $50 more into three k. That's where magic happens. Mybookie.ag, promo code one. You can bet on individual games. Ham one. Ham in the number one. Ham one. We, you can bet on individual games. Uh, obviously, there's a Monday night game, Packers lines. You can just put money on the money line, on the spread, on the over-under. 
You can do parlays, in which I did. Uh, you can bet any other sport, college football. There's a million college football games. I realized just watching college football on Saturday, I was like, I'm pretty worn out by the end of the day. Unlike the NFL, there are like two or three main games you're pretty locked into. And kind of, In college football, it's just like, holy shit. Slade after Slade, and then Haberman's calling a game, and there's like seven other games going on. And then there's another slate of night games. Like, it is pretty, it's... Are you it's, pretty it's locked in on my day. Ducks game? Uh, well, yeah, it was a good, it was 17 to seven. I'm like, they're not going to screw this up. Uh, but I, I was really, you were the warm up, the appetizer absolutely for, for the dogs, uh, UCLA. Yep. And it lived up to the hype. As Ted yes, said, it, it was a, what was his exact quote? The game no one will ever forget. I think, he, yeah, a, a, a rivalry for generations and a comeback for the ages, <laughs> I think is what he called it. <laughs> uh, you know, John, as you're talking about uh, Ham One, I, we're not going to dive into this now. We got so much other stuff to get to, but I always love an early, early look ahead at uh, week three. Well, again, I'm not going to dive into this now. But there's just some there's some interesting games next week. Jets at Denver is that a candidate? Um, uh, Bucks at Rams is a great game. That's a stay away uh, in terms of a lock, but that's a that could be a really fun game. Bears at Browns, uh, Chargers at Chiefs is next week. Colts at Titans is next week. That's a big I mean, point. is that going to be Jacoby in a must win game? Um, Thursday night can no, actually it's, be uh, fun. Jacob Eason. Jacoby's now oh, in sorry. Miami. Jacob Eason. Yeah. Again, should, should have been Jake Hayner. Should yeah. have been Jake Hayner, man. Um, but anyway, th- again, we'll, we'll get into that more later, but just a quick look ahead. So many great options. My bookie.ag. Let me celebrate. Number one. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> He just so he's hit, in a ninth, he just hit a birdie. He just birdied a well, guy, and it wasn't just a birdie. It was like a fifteen foot right to lefter, just sweeping breaker. He's now in the lead with a par five coming up. So that he's it's just breaking my way, guy. It's just breaking my way. This is you are. What are you gonna do on Monday night? Should I send out a couple texts? Will you marry me right now? Just right. <laughs> Oh my God. God, it feels good. All right. You guys want to talk some football? Yeah, I just said, just like, uh, who's going to feel better than you tonight? Nobody. <laughs> dinner on me this week, guy. Well, I know we're going to get dinner this week, actually. <laughs> That'll be for later in the show, though. Stay tuned for that. Um, I mean, we, we got the Raider game, we got the Niner game, we got a ton of other NFL stuff that happened on Sunday. Very interesting stuff that happened on Sunday to get to today. Let's start. I mean, it was far from our lock of the week, right? The 49ers game with the Eagles. It was at times, I mean, that game was weird in some ways. Uh, it was, when you say you don't apologize for wins, I think this is part of what you're talking about. Especially, and I had to remind, I, you know, I remind myself of this sometimes back and forth between college and NFL is that you, I watch college games and NFL games differently, right? In college, it matters how you look. In the NFL, it matters how you look in that we reach some conclusions like, oh, do you have a problem in your offensive line or are you injury uh, riddled or whatever? But how you win, especially second game of a two-week road trip, does not matter at all. And the Niners took care of business against Philadelphia. Well, they took care of business. That's simple what, as that. Well, think about the game that you called yesterday, like the talent discrepancy of Stony Brook or Oregon is the equivalent of a team that might be a two-seed in the playoffs at this rate, right? And they're playing a team that, might be. you know – how many guys on Stony Brook would even make Oregon's roster? It happened all over the country, right? Even Fresno State upsets UCLA. 
on paper, they probably don't have as many starters that would play for UCLA. But in, in the NFL, the Eagles, and you and me have been talking them up now for a couple of weeks, and really I'd say maybe even a longer three or four. Once I yeah, You probably more, said like a month ago that you were starting to hear about the Eagles. And then they, they just felt a lot better about their team because they realized their lines were good. And the main thing was like I, they're like, our quarterback's not bad. And I think right away you realize in that first quarter when it was 3 nothing, but it kind of felt like it could have been 13 nothing. And you're like, this team's really good. The place is going nuts. I, I, I've been to countless games there, right? I mean, I lived there for two years. They, I think they came in kind of like, okay, we're playing one of the better teams in the NFC in their mind, right? And in everyone's mind, the Niners are. And then they start believing, are we good? I would say after the first quarter, if you and I were, you know, John and Guy from South Philly and owned a little deli and we're sitting, you know, we might be sitting in the 300 section. I'd be looking at you. You'd be looking at me like, fuck. Or we win the NFC. We're pretty good, right? Yep. We and it was just you realize right away like they got good players too. And Jalen's hitting these, at least attempting these deep bombs. He does throw the one deep bomb where he hits out of his own end zone. I had the quick thought: Are the Niners going to be down like seventeen nothing at halftime? To me, that was one hundred percent the key. I even saw Kyle mention this. He's like, we were up seven three at half. He's like, that's the craziest thing. It's like, yeah, that was not the game you witnessed, right? It no. was. It could have easily been 17 to let's even give the Niners that touch at 17 to seven or something and a half. Yeah. Or even to me, it felt like it should have been just like 13 to three. Like that's, that's what it felt like. And that would have been a scary position to be in. It felt like they were going to win because they had the lead in the game that they shouldn't. But I do think part of this is going to be like we warned a little bit because you've been saying it for a month. I watched them. We both watched them last week and came away thinking they're pretty good. It might be that Philly's just a pretty solid team this year. Now, how how many wins does it really translate to? I don't know. It's a long season. Things change over the course of the year. They lost one of their better players today. Brandon Graham tore his Achilles. Yeah, early, right? Yeah. So, because um, that first, the first couple, the first series did not look good. Like the, Niners, the Niners get blasted off the line. <laughs> yeah, it just, it was. It looked series, a little guy, I'd say the first three or like the first quarter did not look good. And, and I thought Garoppolo had some opportunity. He threw a few balls. He like, this is, is, is he, is this about to kind of get weird? And he really, he figured, I mean, he righted the ship. Like he was, he was good. He, Garoppolo was good on Sunday against the Eagles. I thought he, yeah, early on, he was definitely not jittery. He, he didn't look scared or anything to me. He just looked like his balls were going high, being off. And it was, I, I was thinking it's going to be hard to win this game with an inaccurate quarterback. And ultimately, I think your college analogy, if I'm Alabama, if I'm Oklahoma, if I'm all these really good teams, when I am playing someone who's not just my exact equal, right, when they're not playing each other, when I'm playing someone who's not my equal, I can just stay stay to my identity, whatever that is for those individual teams, and I'm just going to win. I just got to stay the course for four quarters. In the NFL, a lot of times, like, you got to pivot. You got to try different things that are working. You can't just stay to your identity. And Kyle consistently in this game, he easily could have pivoted. Now he was lucky because they didn't score touchdowns, right? They played great situational football. They were able to get off the field after they hit the deep bomb and hold them to, uh, I guess it turned them over on downs. Remember they got a huge goal line stand. They have an identity and they just stood kind of just never, you know, got off course and they kept running the ball. They kept wearing them out. They started getting first downs. And I think a lot of younger coaches, 
as you see with Sirianni. And in fairness, he doesn't know what their identity is. So you have one team that has a clear fucking identity. We're going to run the ball, whether it's with our seventh running back, guys you've never heard of, it doesn't matter. And we're going to keep George Kittle in here. We're going to keep motioning 44 around, and we're just going to run it down your throat. Yep. And we're cool with getting two and three yards because eventually we'll hit a couple that get seven or eight yards. But we will get first down after first down. And as John, Javon Kinlaw said, which I think is a little overzealous for a guy that made his first appearance this year and is only in his second year, said they folded. I don't think they folded. I just think that they imposed their will on a team and just won that way. Like yeah, it was ultimately won 17 to 11. Like, I don't think they tapped out or whatever. You just kind of were able to push them around eventually because you have something that you do that you've mastered, right? The zone, right. And it, their running scheme. But it takes, I, and I think this is where you give the Eagles a break on it, right? You have to, it, you have to have done it and won with it, especially when, when it's a run, when it's a, when it's, when it's running the football that you rely on, you have to trust because you're not going to score Right, you're not going to score 21 points in four and a half minutes necessarily. And all of a sudden, now the Niners can't do that. We know they can, but you have to trust that this over four quarters is going to work. And the way you trust that is that over the course of a season and a few seasons, you see it work. But you can't do it too when you're down big. If they would have been down 17 to nothing in the first half, they no. might have had to get a little more pass happy. Right. To me, once they were only down three nothing, but it felt like, uh, God, it feels like they're down two touchdowns. The, the score does dictate how you can stay kind of true to what you're doing. And you could argue sometimes with less experienced coaches, it actually, the feel of a game can throw them off. Or it's just, you're okay. You're okay. Even though it's like, I, I'm thinking they're not okay. Are they going to lose? But that goal line stand was really, and it goes back to what Belichick said. Because you, you would text me, and I'm thinking the same thing about like, God, D'Amico, this is not looking great. You know, mm -hmm. I'd say the first 20 minutes of the game, Belichick's a big believer on this, like yards. Yards are the most irrelevant thing ever. And at one point in time, 15, 20 minutes in the game, they already have like 200 yards of offense. It's about scoring points. Like that's the point of the fucking game. So you could you could have 700 yards, but if you only have 20 points of offense, it's like, well, you're actually not being as, you're not executing when it matters, right? You can get all these yards, the 20s to 20s, which is a big deal, but you have to score touchdowns. Yeah, and they just couldn't score touchdowns. And yeah. He got, like, you saw one major difference today. Kyle did not really get no trickeration, was very straightforward the majority of the game. They ran Philly special, like, on a fourth down play at the goal line. That's pretty nuts. Which I, I, I don't mind it, but I I probably, if if I bet Nick Sirianni went back, wouldn't you run that play more on first or second down and a fourth down play, a more normal play? Somebody else ran Philly special. A college team ran Philly special on Saturday. Jake Hayner? I don't think I don't think it was them. I don't think it was them. Uh, Jake says the saying in baseball is he didn't have his fastball. Had to rely on it off speed stuff. This is from YouTube. Well, the first twenty seven minutes of the game, Jimmy didn't have his fastball or his off speed. You know, we've talked about this a lot before, which is that if you get any individual team or any individual player in any sport, your ceiling is only relevant if you play to your ceiling a lot. Right. Like every pitcher that's pitched in Major League Baseball, by and large, most of them once can have a seven inning two oh, hit yeah, performance. Yeah, yeah. Right. If you're a big league pitcher, you could have a good if you're a foot. Yeah. If you're a football team, you can have it. That's what that's why we say a season is so long is because 
there are so many things that have to happen just for one play to work, right? <clears throat> 11 guys have to be pulling on the same rope and then you got to do it again. And then you got to do it again. So putting together one nine play, you know, 77 yard drive is great, but it, it gets you as many points as all the rest of the drives get you. And so when I think what really separates teams, what really separates players is how do you perform when you don't have your best stuff? Can you find another way? Because that's going to happen a lot, whether it's because of you, whether it's because of injuries, whether it's because somebody else takes something away from you, right? Like how do you perform when you're not firing on all cylinders or when you're not just as dynamic as you normally are? And that's where ru- specifically running the football, yeah, running the football is uh, for a lot of teams an answer to that, being able to run the football. I, I- they were like the Eagles were clearly in a different universe than the Lions, but they're still trying to find themselves. I think if the Niners would have started this game against an LA, against a Seattle, against the way Arizona's playing right now, it might it would have caught. I think yeah. we can agree there. Now, yes, this is part of let's roll it back four months ago. And you mentioned this before we hit record today. Unlike college football, you know, where if, if the game you were calling had stayed the entire game 17 to 7, like, I'm sorry, Oregon, you're dropping in the rankings. Maybe not far, but you're no longer two or three. I got to put you at five or six. No one gives a shit. The, the only people that run top, you know, 32 rankings, power polls, don't mean anything to anyone. It's just the media doing it for their own money. It has nothing to do with anything like the eight, like the polls do in college football. You don't get any style points. You can win a game two to nothing. <clears throat> you can win a game 50 to nothing. You can win a game 21 to 20. It's just irrelevant. You just have to win. All, all you look up is who's 2-0, and who's 0-2, and, and who's 1-1 right now. No one, now it's on the coaching staff and stuff to improve what you have. But going back to when the schedule came out, these were you had to go 2-0 in this. And what we realized this week, this game was going to be harder than we had thought. And we didn't, I mean, I had thought that, but once we saw them play, we said, okay. And then the only thing that mattered going into the Eagles, whether it was ugly, whether it was pretty, whatever, we didn't want injuries, obviously. No one wants that. I don't want any of these. There's way too many injuries going on in the NFL. But you just had to fucking win. And they did. You know? And, and that place is tough. I mean, there's, you could, couldn't you feel the crowd and place Especially was rocking? Er, early in the game, absolutely. They take their the football seriously there. I, yeah. You know, Penn it State, a, like it's, it, a, it's a big football area, that region. What? what it was a physical game too, right? Yeah. It was a physical game. Big time. So, you know, to, to now there are things as we'll talk about, like the schedule, the reason, as you said, you had to be two and oh, is because what you got coming up is green Bay and Seattle and Arizona. And then you hit a buy and then you got Indy. And so there are, this is why last week I said the Jalen hurts game. It's kind of a lit, a litmus test for you. And he ran the ball. He had 82 rushing yards and a touchdown. So you're going to have some, to be some of those better. happened in the second half when they were clearly just not trying to give up a touchdown. But still, yeah. I mean, he he's a even when they were playing soft, I felt like he made extra run. Like he was he's a good runner. I'll tell you this. I'm just I'm I'm going to watch some Philly this year because they're they're fun. Yeah, he's they're he's an enjoy he's an enjoyable player to watch. He really is. And Devonte and and again they play hard on defense. So. You know, uh, there will be another day probably to talk about the things you got to do better. But as you said, it's just all you had to be was 2-0 in the stretch. And now you and, – and we saw, we've seen this week one to week two, and maybe week one and week two is where there's the biggest difference. There were a lot of teams in the NFL week two that looked nothing like they looked week one. What, are you looking at the TV? 
He missed a putt. I didn't know if it was for par or birdie, but either way. Oh, McNeely. Yeah. Not Homa. Not Homa. All right. Um, but there's a lot of teams that didn't look, didn't do the same thing in week two that they did in week one. He bogeyed. It's over. It's over. It's over. It's over. It's over. I'm just going to, I don't even need to see it. <laughs> I'll see it. Yeah, you should probably see it. Yeah. Wow. What are you going to do with your winnings, you think? Reinvest? I don't know. Uh, you know buy crypto? I don't know. <laughs> so, anyway, I mean, we'll. I, oh, somebody said it was a trip, said it was a double bogey. Oh, yeah. Um, I just saw he went from uh, 18 to 16. I, you know, I, I think the thing, too, about one other point on, on the identity, Kittle. Like, I don't know, did you see the clip of Kittle? running off the field with his shoulder pads and his jersey off. No. If if you only saw the clip of Kittle racing off the field, you'd have thought George Kittle caught the game-winning touchdown and had 15 catches in the game. This was after the game, you're saying? After the game. Like, celeb- the way he was celebrating, you would have thought that he had been the hero of the game. And maybe in some ways, he was. Four catches for 17 yards, though it wasn't as a receiver that he might have been the hero of the game. Right. And it's that goes back to your point on the identity, I think, that everybody is all in on it. And you need part of why George Kittle is so valuable is because he he feeds that identity because he's a big part of the run game. He's a huge part of it. Yeah. And the threat of him, just the threat of him existing as a pass catcher is also a major part of it. So I, I did think watching it, too, like if you didn't know anything about either of the two teams and you flipped on the game, who would you have thought? Would it have been obvious who the best players were? You would have thought Debo was one of the best players, right? Fred Warner was making tackles everywhere. Fred Warner, yeah. Bosa. And Nick Posa. Yeah. Like, that's the one. You put out the clip uh, of the Joe Staley interview we did where Joe said, we did the impression of Nick Bosa saying he, he gained a step coming back from injury. Mm-hmm. Like, when guys gain heat on their fastball. And After as you TJ. wrote, they're, they're right. Or he was right. Well, I think one thing you notice today with the Eagles is like Hargraves, who they paid a ton of money in free agency, Sweat, who they just gave how he just gave forty five million 40, to. Yeah, 40, 40 or, 45. Yeah, or something like yeah. And uh, you know, they had and Fletcher's older now, but you just feel their presence. And I think last week, you know, it, was, it just felt a little more difficult with Kerr, who was getting shoved around, not Steve, but Zach, who was inactive today, and they bring Kinlop. They felt bigger inside yeah. today. And I felt just Bosa's presence screaming around. He obviously had the big sack. He had the other one. They not give you credit for a sack when the ball fell out of the guy's hands. You know, when he he <clears throat> he hit Jalen, ball hits the ground because someone was like, that's his first sack today. I'm like, I thought he got one earlier, but maybe you don't get one when you hit the guy and the ball comes out. I don't know. I, I always get confused with some of those rules. Yeah, that's a good question. He, I, don't he know sacked the, I saw him sack the quarterback twice, and he got one last week. You should so, get a sack for that. Yeah, he is just uh, – he's an elite player. I mean, he's hes on pace right now. If that was his second sack of the day and he got the one last week, he'd have three. But if they just give him two, that'd be on pace for 17 sacks. And we had been talking all off season like, you need a 15-plus sack Nick Bosa season, and then you feel really good. Because if he's on the field – do we agree here? If he's playing in the games, how does he not end up with 15-plus sacks? Because you'd argue that the guy he just went against, really the last two weeks – I know Panay Sewell sucked in practice, but that was a right tackle. Put him at left. Yeah. Like, how many teams in the league would take what that guy looked like at left tackle? Like 80% of the league? 
Then this week, he gets the Australian guy who just got $70 million and beat out their first-round pick. I mean, that's, you know, going up against the Packers this week. I'm sure he'll be going up against one of the the guy they drafted last year. He's a guard, but they move him out because back it's not like Bakhtiari's playing. So you're going to be going up against a non-Bakhtiari player. And then when you go up against, I think you play the Cardinals next. They don't have a great offensive line. Uh, is it C- Seattle, then Arizona? It's Seattle. Okay, Dwayne yeah. Brown. So, I mean, but you just, you can play a premium left tackle and he can still get you a sack. So he's going to have a game when you're playing a team, right? that doesn't have as good of an offensive line, he can get two or three. Like, he could have a massive season. He just can have a massive season. And they need him to because he's their most impactful player on defense. I think Warner, just on a play-in, play-out, just making tackles and stuff, is just their most reliable player. But when you have an elite pass rusher, at any moment, he can just cause a strip sack. He can create a sack on third and long. He can just create crazy shit. He was, uh, uh, and people are saying in the chat, and they're right because I checked the box score. He did get that sack, John. So he's got four sacks. Four? Well, I mean, he had two in the game. Gotcha. You have two last week? Oh, no. So he's got three. I'm sorry. Okay. Yeah, he's got three. But, it, you know, it makes him the, the second 49ers first round pick to have two sacks today. Wait, say that again? He was one of two 49ers first round picks to have two sacks today. Solomon Thomas also had two sacks <clears throat> on Sunday. Give him his credit. So, give, give him his flowers. You gotta give him his flowers. Somebody got mad at me the other day for saying that. Not mad, but they were like, stop trying to use modern lingo. And I said, I'm making fun of it. Um, but would you're you right. Ever, would you ever say that on a broadcast? Uh, so the Stony Brook had a guy named Cartel Flowers. <laughs> yeah. And I thought if he were to get like a pick six, should I say, cartel give him his flowers <laughs> uh, yes you should <laughs> i was i had it in my pocket i wasn't sure if i'd actually do it that'd be pretty but good i considered it go full chris berman um but i mean yeah it's it's but i but i also think like today you saw for a second i i if this guy can stay healthy just his body and you text me you're like jesus he's huge he looks massive and there were Think how much money of defensive linemen there were today on the field. Fletcher Cox has been maxed out multiple times. Sweat just got a contract. Hargraves, they bought him from Pittsburgh. Barnett was a first-round pick who got, I think he got a bad penalty today where he shoved a guy from behind. He was, a, I think, the 13th pick in the draft. Bosa was a second pick in the draft. Armstead's been paid. Kinlaw's the 14th pick in the draft. D. Ford, who I didn't notice today, uh, is really rich. He was there. <laughs> So that there, there was that game alone. If we just added up the draft value and cash compensation for all the guys, was relatively high. Like, there was a lot of money of defensive linemen, and it's just because all. I mean, there's seven defensive linemen in that game that every team in the league would want. But Kinlaw, I mean, he blocks a field goal. Like that's just something. Like that's that's an added yeah. value. Yes. And then a couple times he just you could tell early on. You know, you just sometimes the running back like, okay, I can't go there. I got to go there. Well, last week it was like, I'm just going to run right down well, Broadway. <laughs> doesn't the wide nine feel less wide when Javon Kinlaw's on the field? Yes. That's the best way it felt. <laughs> that's, I mean, that's how I would summarize it is all of a sudden the holes didn't look as wide. Because they're not. Last week, the wide nine looked like it sounds. Yeah. Wide open gaps. Wide open gaps. You're right. And the he, block, it's, it, that's, this is like, this is why. Well, it's not like he has a 40 inch vertical. So he's just, well, he said 33. Six, six. He did? 33 is what he said. Yeah. 
which is yeah, it's pretty fucking. That's pretty insane. It's insane. <laughs> I mean, this is how you get drafted in the first round. You look like him, and you. And again, like the, when he plays, what was I going to say? He's a Twenty-inch vert. I mean, he's an just, SEC top fifteen pick. He does make plays, right? <laughs> yeah. Like he makes plays that the interception return for a touchdown last year against the Rams was just to watch that person make that play is eye opening. But isn't it also important? I mean, ideally, you would just you would take like four Nick Boses or four TJ Watts or whatever, right? But I, I do like a little ebb and flow to my guys being different. We talk about this with wide receivers. You want one guy to be a speed guy. You want other guy to be a possession guy. You want everything to kind of balance out. With Nick, like it's him, Kinlaw right next to him is the perfect, like that's a good little mix and match. Now, would I take, I mean, a great pass rusher next to him? For sure. But like, if if this guy can just be healthy on the field, he's gonna be fine. Is he gonna be as good as Buckner? Probably not. But can he just play a massive role and just use his talent to be a very very impactful player? And maybe you could do a deal with him if his knees turn out to be okay, and he give you a seven year career. One of those Roseman you get for way cheaper than you're like, you know, we're gonna sign you early, but we're actually not paying you as much as you're really happy you get this money. But if you hit like if Sweat hit free agency. I mean, you probably get fifty-eight million dollars instead of forty. Right. But it's 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 like they put that money in front of him, and he's like, "Well, shit, I, we got sixteen games left. Shit, I'll sign it. I like being here." There is something to be said and, about and, that. And I've had, you know, especially if you've had a physical ailments, right? So you go, "Well, I'll opt for some security here." Well, think about this too. So when the team that drafts you plays you, and then you excel, and then wants to keep you. Like, isn't that just like, where else do you, having you and I have been in a place where we were liked and then all of a sudden we weren't like, it, it is good to be places you're liked, right? Yeah, I was like, everything was going fine. <laughs> I'm kidding. Uh, you weren't liked, but they were cool keeping you. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. I, I was, I, I was like more than I should have been. Maybe, maybe not. Maybe I was hated. I don't know. It's hard to tell. It really, really was bizarre. Cause there were a couple times when it was like, if if I was the person on the opposite, I would like we, me way more than him. Yet when the dust settled, like it felt like you got a pass on some of the shit. Yeah, yeah. That <clears throat> was a very sneaky distance. It might have just been a simple body count. Like they didn't have a choice. They needed. Your- uh, yeah, they heads needed the roll. P-Tac on uh, on YouTube says Bosa is the best NFL defensive player. I mean, he might be, he might, he could be the defensive player of the year. It's this would not be. And that's the thing with him, right? Is if he plays a full season, then every full season he plays, he's going to have a chance to be the defensive player of the year in the NFL. I did a, I did a elite white guy poll and threw it out there to a couple of people last week. Who would you rather have TJ Watt or the Bosa brothers or Max Crosby? I, I didn't include him who, you know, the, you know, we got, we got a DM today from a guy, diehard Raider fan talking shit also threw in. If you watch the videos through Max didn't have his best day today. Uh, was oh, that video, was something. <laughs> video was incredible. Oh, Joey, was that his name? It was, it was Joey. Funny. Yeah. Joey sent us a video. It was like seven parts and he yeah. was walking. He was pacing in circles the whole time, drunk, yelling at us. And I got dizzy watching it. <laughs> it's clearly in Pennsylvania. He had the accent, but he's a Raider guy. Maybe yeah. Delaware, somewhere in that kind of region. Probably like, like Delaware. Could, Nobody lives in Delaware. I, I could feel the I could feel the accent though. Uh and, and every multiple people responded back. Watt I don't watch Watt that much. I just know he's sweet. I mean, clearly they just gave him a ton of money. I mean, he's good. But everyone said that they would take the Bosa brothers over Watt. 
Now, I mean, we're nitpicking. It's like, would you rather have Mahomes, Rodgers? I mean, these are the best. Right, you got three of the best guys, edge rushers yeah. in the league. But TJ Watt got hurt today. Yeah, hurt his growing. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. But I mean, look, I think we've talked about this from a quarterback standpoint a ton. The reason you draft, what the reason you chase a top five quarterback is because they just elevate everybody else. When as things go on, your team gets more expensive, whatever, it's you're not drafting as high. So maybe in theory, there's less talent. Same applies to your defensive players. Same applies to Nick Bosa. Like he makes Javon Kinlaw better. Javon Kinlaw makes him better. It's your good players help your other good players live up to the money that they're getting paid or their draft position. Well, and sometimes, right? Like the, think of how the Niners acquired besides, I mean, Trent Williams in addition, but in the draft, their two best draft picks so far, Fred Warner and George Kittle. Let's face it, they got a little lucky, right? If everyone knew how good Fred Warner was going to be, what's he, a top 10 pick in that draft? Mm -hmm. If we redid yeah. it, for sure. If we redid Kittle's draft, we'd have to dive into it. Then I would highly doubt he makes it out of the top 10. They got in the third and the fifth round. When you actually pull the trigger on a top five guy, like you are looking for Nick or Joey Bosa, right? Because we've seen it. It's when Solomon Thomas and Cleveland Farrell, they did, those guys, when they drafted the Raiders and the Niners, took those two guys. Maybe they didn't think maybe they could be a Bosa brother, but they thought they could be a very impactful player. They would not have pulled the trigger, right? So there is a crazy, you get this weird like credit when you hit on a guy past like the top 50 picks and he becomes a pro bowler, super extended guy. You, but you get a lot of shit because it's just required. Like when you take him number two overall, you don't really, get, you actually, that's what he was supposed to be, right? Yeah, but I would say even most top five picks don't have the upside that Nick Bosa has. Like sometimes you're just drafting. Sometimes the draft just doesn't have Nick Bosa in it. Right. I would agree. But the way he was talked about, people yeah. thought he was going to be a star. Right. But I, I'm just saying back to your point on luck, like sometimes you're drafting second or third and that guy doesn't exist in the draft. Sometimes you need a quarterback and there's not a great quarterback in the draft. It's just, it's that guy doesn't exist in every draft. Well, wouldn't you say that luck Lawrence is just was like just luck, right? That's how what everyone thought. It's clearly he's not as good coming out of college as Andrew Luck. I, I mean, honestly, it might not even be close. Now, could they be equivalent of prospects potentially? Size, athleticism, accuracy. I looked today, threw for 118 yards. Yeah, like he just That's and it might not number. be all of his fault. You'd be like, well, he plays on a shitty team. Luck's head coach was Chuck Pagano, and his general manager was Ryan Grixon, and he, he won 11 games. So I listen. If you put a 22 or 23 year old Andrew Luck on the Texans or the Jaguars, are they good? Probably not, but they're better with him than they would be with Trevor Lawrence. So every prospect is different that way. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Should we, uh, should we jump on? Unveil it, baby. All right, everybody. We are, uh, there are a lot of you out there. A lot of our listeners doing cool shit because we you, sometimes you tell us what you're up to which we like to hear that's not even a doesn't have to be you using one of our products sometimes you just show us what you're up to and we love it and uh this is this is talking speaking of listeners doing cool shit we are uh thrilled to have as a sponsor on the podcast starting this week a uh a restaurant owned by some niner fans and uh, they've got multiple barrier locations they got multiple california locations They've got two locations in Levi Stadium, everybody. Let's welcome Puesto Mexican Artisan Kitchen and Bar to the show. 
How about some of what they got? So if you're listening, we'll tell you about it. If you're watching, you can see some of some of what they got. You and I are going to get the uh, special treatment here very soon. But Eric and uh, Alex, the Adler brothers, we've talked to them over the last month or so. And they've got Puesto. They opened it in uh, 2012 in La Jolla, first-generation Mexican-American family. And they started growing and growing and growing. And they've got incredible taco selection. The margaritas, they've got, I don't know, 500 tequilas, they told us. And they've got restaurants in Levi State. They got two, Section 110 and Section 129. So if you're in the Bay Area or they've got a location in Santa Clara, I'm probably running into some Niners there. I'm just saying. Yeah. Or in Concord. And uh, it's just some of the best looking Mexican food uh, you'll ever see. Well, guy, how and about tasting, this? for that matter. The, the important way, We're, we're going to try to get to Concord one this week. The crispy melted cheese on their tacos. So when you are at, here's what we need you to do. The Niners game this week, if you're listening and you're going, hit up one of their taco stands in 110 or 129. And when you get a Puesto taco, take a picture of the Puesto taco. Mm, or the margarita. Get the, or, yeah, you know, take us a picture. The bang, bang margarita, John. <laughs> and the Baja fish taco, Puesto beer battered, local nine codfish, shredded cabbage, classic guacamole. The tacos look fantastic. I can't wait to have about 10 of them. Uh, I, I can't. You have to do it. Puesto, fired up to have them around. They are in Levi Stadium. They're, like I said, Santa Clara, Concord, all Southern California, you know, in the sweetest places, San Diego, LA. Boya. Yeah. You know, so like, it's seven you know, locations down there. So it doesn't suck. No, it doesn't suck. Do you know those areas? Is that what you're saying? No. Well, yeah. It I mean, I've suck. been there. I mean, driven in and out. I'd never get to stay because I'm not cool enough. But I, I next time I need to. Let's, let's try this out here now. The tortillas are made in-house daily from scratch. I mean, look at these. From scratch, featuring organic, non-GMO, masa from Macienda, the best you can find on the market. There's another Spanish word I was going to try. Uh, I don't know. Margaritas? Uh, they look Huh? They look, <laughs> they look fantastic. So I, I like the uh, quesabira, quesabiria, quesabiria, quesabiria taco. Crispy melted cheese. The bra- Did you mention this one? The braised short rib? I don't think I did, no. Is it Jalisco or Jalisco? Salsa? I would call it Jalisco. Jalisco, pickled radish, classic guacamole. Mm, 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 mm. Looks bomb. This looks so good. The cheese. The che- oh, my God, the cheese on the flat grill. If you're, if you're watching this on, uh, on YouTube right now, it's just an incredible video on their website, Puesto. <laughs> Puesto, P-U-E-S-T-O. So go check it out. One of the nine locations, two in the Bay Area, or if you're going to the Niner game, section 110, section 129. It is awesome to have them on the podcast. It's great to have them as listeners. And uh, they are just killing it. I mean, they have been on National Geographic, uh, Michelin Guide, Food Network. Everyone has featured their food. And uh, so it's it's an honor to have them. It's an honor to eat it. We hope you do too. And uh, send us pictures of you eating some Puesto this uh, this Sunday. Do it. That's Sunday night, isn't it? Sunday night football, guy. Sunday uh-huh. night football. Bum, Packers, bum, bum, Niners. Bum, 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 bum. All right, John. Uh, podcast is also brought to you by DraftKings. Promo code HAM. I say it like that because uh, I didn't think I could finish lower in our DraftKings game than I did last week. I think in the, one ni- in the 190 range. I'm in the 190s again today, Sunday, but don't let that stop you. I guess it, it it should actually inspire you to come take my money. DraftKings promo code HAM when you sign up. Yeah, I don't even think I'm close, but here's the key. 
go to the app store, get the DraftKings app if you haven't already, download the DraftKings app. Use the promo code HAM when you do. Then you can get in our game. We play in every week 200 people in our fantasy games. It's simple. You just get your lineup under the salary cap. If you don't want to be like me and Guy and put a bad team together, you want to put good players that are going to make sweet plays and score you points on the weekend, and then you can win money because it's really easy. The winner in our game wins $450. $450. You put in 10, you win 450 It's sweet. Download the DraftKings app now. Use the code HAM this week. New customers can get a free shot at millions of dollars in total prices. Enter code HAM to get a free shot at millions in total prices with your first deposit. That's code HAM only at DraftKings, the official daily fantasy partner of the National Football League. No big deal. Uh, minimum $5 uh, deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. That's right. I tried to make my lineup last night, in the uh, Saturday night, in the state of Oregon. That's a no-fly zone, apparently. Yeah, no fly zone. So I put it together and then had to re-put it together this morning. And I would have been better off just not even being in the game, I think. It was it was uh the the link to our DraftKings League is in this YouTube video or in the podcast. If you have any trouble, some people do, just send us the DM. We'll get you straightened out. Uh if we don't respond to you in a couple of days, um, you know, call the Better Business Bureau and report us. But uh customer service. But no, we'll try to. So just hit us up again. Don't be afraid because we want to make sure you get in our game. When you're in our league, then you get the first invite when the game goes out. Back-to-back weeks, we've done 200 people, and so we're going to keep it rolling because it's a great time. Uh, do we have – should we announce real quick here before we move on to some other topics? Let's just give love to whoever won this week, who won the uh, first-place prize. Because uh, so, I saw somebody DM, or somebody left a message on Twitter, and they, they were in third place. Peter Chu. Looks like Peter Chu is our winner this week, John. Peter Chu had uh, Tyrod Taylor as his quarterback? Wait a second. Somebody with Tyrod just won the thing? Who else did he have? He had Derrick Henry, who got him a cool 51 <laughs> points. Oh, my God. And only had 7% ownership this week in our DraftKings game. That's a good That's a good pickup. That's a good pickup, bro. 50? I don't – I have not seen uh, – he had Tyler Lockett that got him 35 points. He had um, uh, Cortland Sutton. Had a big game. 28 points. Yeah. Austin Eckler got him 22 and a half. Noah Fant in the Niners defense. Elena Elijah Mitchell, who doesn't have a headshot. I did not know that Derrick Henry just had guy. He had 35 carries for 182 yards and three touchdowns. And unlike Henry, he had six catches for 55 yards. That's a, that's a fantasy day. Don't sleep on oh Henry. God. You know, don't, Derrick Henry is good enough to even make Todd Downing look good. <laughs> on the road too, uh, Peter Chu. Congratulations, Peter won four hundred and fifty dollars in our DraftKings game this week. The top ten all made money, and uh, so congrats to uh, the rest of you guys in there as well who uh, got it on the act. We're we're happy to see somebody win some money. Yeah, we're happy to see somebody win some money. Max Homa, he won today too. And Matt, yeah, and how about? I mean, Max Homa. It's not even DraftKings, but holy hell, yes. middle cough. I'm telling you, if you guys want to win money, like. Me and Guy did, like myself did. MyBookie.ag, promo code M1. <laughs> that deserves a double ad for them on the podcast today. Ooh. That's pretty. Is this the, is this, how would you rank this as your greatest gambling? Yeah, I mean, I, in 24 hours, I've never won $5,600. Maybe in Vegas, I got a table, but usually the money goes back, right? Yeah. I, I bet the most I've ever won in a table, probably similar. 
five to ten grand range. But you kind of if if you're not leaving right away, you can respend it. So this is as hot. This is as as productive as you've ever had a two day stretch. Given how much I put in, one hundred and fifty dollars. Yeah, it's the best I've ever done. The profit margin. It's been the greatest twenty four hour stretch in John Middlecoff's gambling history. Now the guy, there have been low lows, long and I mean, story history. Yeah, there's been a lot of. A lot of misses, but well, I, but you I'm you not, had the you had the nine and seven Giants beating the in, in what fourteen point thirteen points. What was that spread in the Super Bowl? Yeah, factor in you know inflation, modern day America. That's, but here, you know, that's fifteen hundred dollars in two thousand. But here's the thing: these were all money line bets. This was Homer to win, Fresno State parlay to win, Oklahoma State to beat Boise to win, a BYU to beat ASU. Yeah, this is right after you said last week you don't do parlays or two weeks ago. Remember that? It's like parlays is so stupid. <laughs> I got bored, but I mean, the, you just got these numbers that were outrageous, right? <sighs> yeah, I did. Let's give let's let's give it up. Let's give it up for Johnny Boy. All right, okay. Um, before we get to uh, Derek Carr uh, MVP conversation, how about uh, Trey Lance DNP? Did not play. We spent a lot of time, I don't know if you remember this, a lot of time figuring out whether or not Trey Lance would play, how much Trey Lance would play. He played in the opener, did not play against the Philadelphia Eagles in week two. Didn't even feel like we were close to seeing him play. Didn't feel like there was about to be something which featured him. What did you make of that? You know, a little surprising. I mean, we didn't see him at all. Now, once they kind of got down, and again, a down, it was 3 nothing, but it just felt like, God damn, this thing is tight. And I, I just wonder if Kyle felt comfortable putting a rookie quarterback in that environment with that defensive line. I felt like the game and the intensity of it dictated a little bit. But you'd say, well, isn't, I mean, they play the Packers next week. So is this going to be, is he just not going to play much moving forward? And for the first time, I thought, yeah, we just might not see him for a little while. Maybe he doesn't think he's close to being ready as he thought he would be three weeks ago. Maybe he just feels that I the ebb and flow of a game, I can't run him in and out. I don't know. But I, my number one takeaway when he didn't come in in the first half, I was like, yeah, Kyle didn't feel comfortable putting a rookie quarterback in that environment. That's That was my take. And then I'm sure there's other stuff at play, but just it felt really physical. It felt like you could get destroyed. Now, being a backup quarterback, you are one. A couple times, Jimmy did a couple dives into into traffic. It's like, whoa, Jimmy. Yeah. And if he gets a stinger or something, came at, it's, when you are the backup quarterback, you are one snap away from going in. So he is he is playable, right? If something goes wrong, but Kyle clearly, to me, it triggered in his head early on. Like I don't feel comfortable playing him in this game. Yeah, I and I think that it what what became clear, it's especially by halftime. Uh, when he already, you know, he'd already made the decision for half of the game not to play him. But by halftime, it became, I think, a little bit clear when you're up seven to three that you you can lose this game, right? You can actively yeah. lose that game as opposed to keep doing what you're doing, and the recipe is going to be pretty simple here to win it. Um, just don't do anything to lose it. It's why when Garoppolo threw a, I guess that was in the first half that he threw that ball over the middle way too high and almost got picked. <laughs> he went, what? if that ball had been thrown in the second half, it would have felt even more. More scary because well, I just, when he I, didn't bring him in after his couple wayward passes, then what's he going to bring him in for? Yeah, right? although I think that'd be a weird spot to bring him in. You bring him in in that spot. It's like, well, are you trying to replace as opposed to here's a package for him? I also think that and we've talked about this a lot and you hear coaches talk about, you know, they put together their script, but you don't always get to the script. They play these play calls 
down in distance, position on the field, who's available from a personnel standpoint, right? You've got a couple of injuries, um, how the other team is playing. It's, it's, it's easy to look at a game ahead of time and go, all right, you're going to run whatever it is, uh, 70 plays on offense today. So, uh, yeah, it shouldn't be that hard to get. They ran 68. It shouldn't be that hard to get four plays to Trey Lance. But of those 68 offensive plays, right, how many of them are punts? How many of them are third and longs? How many of them are first downs? How many of them are in your own 25-yard line? It's just you start whittling down the area where you'd want them to play, and you don't have a lot left at the end of it. And I think you're right. Maybe from an environment standpoint, I, I think it's just it's it became pretty clear, like, don't do anything too weird today, and you should win this football game. Don't try and out. Today's not the day to try and outsmart anybody. You think now, it's a week to week thing then? So you think coming into Green Bay that it all is on the table? Yeah, I think it's you back expect on, he can I do. flow back in. I, I different, think so. different at home too. Different at home. I think so. I being think at home is a more conducive environment to being relaxed a little bit, right? Or at least yeah, the crowd's on your side. <laughs> right. But also I think if we if we look up and that game is you know, 21-17 at halftime. It's like, yeah, we might need to try some other stuff. To, like, we might just need to mix it up and try and you're be a little the, more You're creative. saying the Packer game. Yeah, I, the yeah. Eagles game was not about creativity. That's no. not what that game was about. No. That game yeah. was about bronze over brain. I mean, brain's a part of it, but it was – that's what that Well, was. yeah, I think the brain – I think the good example going back is Sirianni's got to be kicking himself for overthinking that goal line stretch. And Kyle did not do an overthink. He went consistently short yardage stuff. He did quarterback sneaks. He just slammed the ball. It was you're right. I I didn't really think about that, but it wasn't worth him coming in and making a mistake. If you were gonna make a mistake, I'll make the mistake with Jimmy Garoppolo, who I am way more comfortable with in this environment because I've been in this environment before with him with Trey in a game that is seven. But at one point in time, it was three nothing. But it just felt like fuck. One bad fumble, pick six, it's, this game would be over. I can't afford to have a zone read. Hits off Elijah Mitchell's chest because he, he freaks out because Fletcher Cox lights up Brunskill. That, it might have just been as simple as that. Like This was just, if we got to 10 points, we might win it. And really, they would have won it at 10 points until the Eagles got that last kind of late touchdown. They went for two and made it 11, right? Yeah, which early warning on the Niners' backdoor coverage situation this year could be, could be something to be on uh, high alert for if you start picking the Niners to cover that we're, you got to watch all four quarters. Um, I just don't think there is likely probably with Jimmy Garoppolo as the quarterback, they're not going to be blowing good teams out even when they're playing well. Yeah. Uh, so I think you just hit on something about why it's such a tightrope for, for Kyle Shanahan to walk with Trey Lance, which is that, and we said this before the year too, it's a, it's a real tightrope to walk with Lance because when you let a guy be the starting quarterback, you're not thinking about whether or not he makes a mistake. What are you going to do? Or how is he going to react? You're going to let him throw a pick, a second pick, a third pick, whatever. My starting quarterback is just my starting quarterback, right? When you have a clear cut starting quarterback, you just talking to Robert Sala before you hopped on here. What do you mean? Well, his guy threw about seven picks. Today. Oh yeah, you're right. Sorry. <laughs> and, and, and another pick. Um, but it, it's, it's, it's a fine line with Trey because if you're only going to have four plays or five plays or three plays, what happens if he fumbles on the second play? Ideally, your guy makes a mistake. He gets right back on the field and is able to respond to it. If it's Trey Lance, you might have that play he fumbles on might have been the that might have been the last play he was going to run today, whether he scored a 70 yard touchdown, fumbled the ball or did something in the middle. 
Yeah. And so you kind of get in this awkward spot where when you're manipulating every opportunity that a player has, you can, you're at risk of over manipulating it as opposed to just saying, you're the guy, some random shit's going to happen today. Some of it'll be good. Some of it'll be bad, but you're the guy, just go be the guy. Right. And I, it goes back to my analogy of when you're in stop and go traffic and you're changing lanes all the time. Yeah, Sometimes it works out. Sometimes you end up back where you started. Sometimes it's worse off. I feel a lot of times it's worse off. I think so, too. And I think that goes back to just as human beings, we think that if we controlled every aspect of everything, we could make something work out better than random luck. Like your bet, your, your parlay yesterday, you weren't even going to do it had the had it not closed off on Central Michigan LSU. Now, were you lucky? Well, you had some luck, but you also made you also had the experience of understanding where the value was. Right. And you made the picks. And I think this is part of it. Like it's it's. When you're only going to give a guy a shot here or a shot there, the highs could be high, but the lows could be low. And, I, you know, I, I'm not saying that's why he didn't play today, that he's thinking of it like that. I'm just saying this is going to be part of the deal where one day he might not play. One day he might get four snaps and have two touchdowns. And you'll go, this guy needs to play more. One day he might get three snaps, get no yards on two of them, and throw a pick. And you go, oh, my God, now Trey Lance has got to sit on that for a week. That's going to suck. Well, think about it as simple as this. In the last – Deck two decades, right? As in the Peyton Manning, Tom Brady era of football. There has really been one coach that has done it and it stood out and he took a lot of shit for it. And that was Sean Payton. And it's really just happened the last four or five years with Taysom Hill. No one does this. Even if your quarterback's bad, you just eventually bench him and go with the other guy, but you just play the one guy. Then all of a sudden this year, it was like Kyle was going to do it. And, it, and you and I... I, I know I, I was cool, whatever. It was kind of interesting. Interesting, but, yes. But the the old saying is correct because it's tried and true. Like, you got two quarterbacks, you don't have one. And I do think Kyle, he's still going to, you know, put plays in, I'm sure. John Gruden, who obviously Derek at this point in time is much better than Jimmy. But that the second play of whatever Monday Night Football or that first series yeah. might have been the second series. I don't even remember. But Marcus Mariota came in. Somehow he got a concussion and he hurt his quad on the same play. It's, it kind of feels like Mariota's kind of made it last. But I'm gonna, I mean, you and I are rooting for the guy. But, you know, it's one that, that was just, okay, he's doing that on purpose with one guy. It felt like Trey Lance, they were trying to balance it with him and Jimmy. And maybe Kyle just scrapped that after one. He didn't like it. Maybe it's as simple as that. Now, he's, he's not going to publicly say that. And I think Nagy really pushed against it. Now, I don't. we'll find out what Andy Dalton's injury is. But I think ideally, going back to the guy that started this, and everyone's trying to copy kind of, but it's harder to copy because there's way pre more pressure. Andy didn't do any of this shit. He just said, hey, guys, Alex our starter over and over. And then Alex just started playing, had the best season of his career, and he didn't really need to answer to it. Yeah. But Patrick never came in beside like maybe a couple times in blowouts. But and then he just got his own game. You know why? Because it's easier to run your team with one guy. And even Kyle mentioned it with Jalen Hurts this week. I was watching maybe his Friday press conference. He's like, yeah, he was just, our guy was over with the scout team, as in Trey, being Jalen Hurts, yeah. right? right? So what does that mean? Well, he's not next to Jimmy and McGlinchey and Trent Williams and all those guys, right? He's over with those guys. Yeah. So it's just, maybe it's just as simple as that. When they play a mobile quarterback, he's not really going to get his reps when they play Aaron Rodgers. Like they could, I guess you probably ideally wouldn't do this, but Sudfeld technically could do it. Right. Definitely. Some of the other pocket quarterbacks. But he doesn't necessarily, but also you could, he, you could say, here's his package of, of eight plays that we might run. Right. He doesn't need to have everything available to him. 
But he is your backup quarterback. Yeah, I I know. But part of the deal with where I think people don't understand, I had someone DM me this. And I, I and listen, I, I understood the question because they go, you know, I heard about all these long days. I hear it all the time when I listen to you guys or whoever talk about football, players and coaches. Like, could you explain to me a day? Like, what, when you say long day, like, what are their days? And I'm like, well, I mean, a player's day is basically from 6.30 to 7, depending on workouts, till, you know, after dinner. And it you're either in the meeting room, you're on the field, or you're working out or eating. I mean, and they're all kind of run together. Now, coaches are longer, but once you're on the practice field, if you, you know, you've never been to a college or an NFL practice, it's very segmented. But I, I talked to a buddy last week and I asked him, I said, do you go out to practice during the season? He said, yeah, I do. He's like, I like practices during the season much more. He's like, underrated, they're actually a little more competitive than I think the average person would realize. Because you see the training camp, everyone's fighting for a job. And then you go, once you get in... he's like, it's pretty aggressive out there, but it's all just on the opponent, right? You're not, it's not like you're just working on us. You do during individual drills, but once you get past like the individual drills where every position does their own, like their steps or their feet or their catching drill, whatever the individual position groups, once you go to groups, like the wide receiver get with the quarterback, you know, the, the linebackers, the DBs get together. Then your only thing you're talking about is the opponent. So if you have Trey, and I need to simulate stuff, he just has to go with the defense. So he just is going to miss a lot of time. And the backup quarterback, you hear offensive coordinators, you hear starting quarterbacks, you hear head coaches talk about this about all the time. They just really don't, they don't get that many reps just to begin with. And part of it, if you don't have three quarterbacks, that guy has to go service the defense. And in this situation this week, I'm sure they just spent a lot of time because Jalen was pretty dynamic as a mover. You would just want him over there. Yeah. Yeah. He, I mean, honestly, guy, he might not have got one first-team rep all week, just the way it played out, right? See, I, I, I tend to think that they intended to use him and the game just didn't dictate it. Yeah, but I'm just saying, like, potentially just the way maybe a practice worked out, they just like, we don't really have time, you know, in this situation. Cause we at need the Greenbrier? Service. Yeah, at the Greenbrier. I love how much credit on social media, Jed didn't have to do this. It's like, well... I would understand, you know, like if if you own a restaurant and your margins, even if you're doing pretty well, let's say you're making a couple hundred grand or 800, a million dollars net, right, throughout the year. So, you know, you break that down through the month. If you do something big, you know, invest $100,000 of that million dollars into something, especially if you're like, you know, I hope this works. I hope it doesn't. But it's that's impressive. Jed just giving, I guess it was a million dollars for the green buyer. Like, you guys do understand, like, all this NFL, I like, I'm not not giving Jed credit, but I'm I'm not acting like that money came out of like his personal savings. And listen, I, we're, we run a business. He's just doing what he's supposed to be doing. You know, if that's where they want to practice, it's functional. But let's not act like it was that big. He gave us the million. He gave us the go ahead. Like, I hope he did. Like, they have a fucking unlimited amount of money. If he didn't, I would call him really cheap. Right. <laughs> it's yeah, a pretty if made, basic. If Kyle move. Shanahan said, this is what we need. And he said, nah, I'm going to need you guys to come home to save money. NFL, yeah. your NFL team starts doing, no, salary cap is one thing, but they start doing other things to save money. You've got a problem, right? So if I they think, don't hire the best coach available to save money, that's I guess problem. my point here is. I'm saying Jed, non-football salary stuff. You That gets you criticized, but I don't, you don't get credit when you just. Well, you know what I love thing. to say? It's the price of admission. And not yeah. everybody in the NFL, not every owner in the NFL operates that way. But if you, if you say we want to be a championship team, then you do things like that. 
and he does. And no one's ever had a no one's ever questions Jed's spending. But the Niners have a ton of money. No, he's, he's just, paid a lot of coaches. In fact, <laughs> yeah, yes, right. And you kind of get credit for that too, for not yeah, holding on to a coach because it's going to be expensive to fire him. Like well, you I'll give you an example. Point. I heard this weekend that the defensive coordinator for the Eagles, Gannon, that skinny guy with the with the jawline, looks the part, had six or seven defensive coordinator job offers this offseason. Wow. So he could have been a defensive coordinator at countless places. Now, if you had to do the math, some of those I'm sure would have been like Robert Sala. Let's say he offered him. He wouldn't have been the coordinator. Or Actually, he would have there, right? Because Robert's not calling it. Well, what does that tell you? I mean, the Eagles paid him the most, right? But that's just, that's what you should do. Like, if this is the guy you're Not that they wants, blocked man. him? Oh, I guess he was not on their no, staff. No, they hired him, like, yeah, yeah. to go with Sirianni. Now, he was with Sirianni with the Colts, but he was clearly, you know, people wanted him. Obviously, Nick wanted him badly. He'd been around him. But they clearly probably paid him, you know, he's probably making like $3 million. We got a good comment here. This is from Jacob Baker. Full name on the internet, it looks like. He said, so many QBs hurt today. Who is picking up the phone for Jimmy? I mean, Tyrod got hurt. Tua got hurt. Andy Dalton got hurt. Wentz Carson got hurt. Wentz got hurt. Uh, we know ba- Fitz is hurt. Baker, it looked like hurt a shoulder bad, but then he came back in the game. It was fine. But the way he... I Carr got hurt for a second. You're right. Did you see the highlight on Baker when he was holding his shoulder? I no. went, oh, clavicle. Because he threw a pick. And I didn't see the replay, but he clearly got... You know, the pick was 30 yards down the field, but the guy made his way past the line of scrimmage. So then Baker kind of was just in the vicinity of the commotion. And there was just a lot of collateral damage. And he was the last guy to get up, and he was holding his non-throwing shoulder. And I just thought, like, did he just break his clavicle? But then he... Came back. Same with Gar. You're like, oh, did he break his foot? And you're like, oh, okay, he's fine. Yeah. He did get hit kind of funny. So I understood it. Kind of got freaked out a little bit. But Jimmy's you know, untradeable think, if you're not willing to play Trey Lance. Yeah. That's the crazy thing is, right? Like, to me, we don't know as we record this what the Carson situation is. Indianapolis made a ton of sense before. They make a ton of sense now. Their quarterback, I've, I, he's not good enough if, if Wentz is going to be out to win football games for them. And now their problem is, um, now the Colts' problem is that they're kind of they're kind of behind the eight ball because they're zero two, right? So they can they afford for Carson? Now they've lost two games with Carson, although the second game he didn't play the whole game. But you know, can they afford to to make Jacob Easton their quarterback, even if Wentz is only going to be out for two or three weeks, or are they going to have to go get Nick Foles or something? Well, they, I don't know, but it doesn't. Jimmy's not an option right now. The other night, Thursday, was it Thursday? Yeah, the Giants yeah. Washington football team game. You texted me like, "Would you? How did you? How did you phrase it? Would you rather have pick thirty nine or Saquon Barkley for Jimmy?" And I said, "Well, pick thirty nine, right? Of course. Would Saquon? Because the question is this: Would Saquon get you? If you said Saquon's available, would somebody who had the thirty ninth pick trade you the thirty ninth pick for him? I don't think no. so." Well, because he's now, you know, he's close to getting extended. He's already been hurt. Like he's, he's actually kind of got some red flags on him. Sad because yeah. he was. I know he was. He was the college game day picker. Did you see oh, that? No. And I was talking Joe Moorhead, who's the offensive coordinator for Oregon, coached him at Penn State. Oh, and I yeah. and I asked him, I'm like, do do guys ask you about? Do guys ask you about Saquon? Like he's like, you know, when we install the offense, it's a bunch of Saquon tape. <laughs> so like we talk about it then. He's like, he goes, you know, the thing about Saquon. 
yes, he's a generational talent, but that's not even the best thing about him. Better he's guy. an incredible teammate and an unbelievable leader. Like, fuck yeah. And then I saw him on game day. Like, well, God, this guy is cool. Well, because I had the thought, you know how the Florida State offensive lineman two weeks ago, who was just all in on his proposal, the both families were yep. in town, and he did it yep. anyway with them yep. celebrating in the back. Jackson State. And it was just, Jackson it's one State. of those, you're all in, do you have to pivot? Now, he's not a starter. I'd say if you're a starter, I don't know if you could pull that off. He was a backup. It's I support spot. it. I support yeah. it. And I'll tell you why I support it. Because at the end of the game, the game is over and your life goes on. And it doesn't mean that you didn't work. If you propose to your girlfriend after you lost a football game in a heartbreaking fashion, it doesn't mean that like you're not a hard worker or you don't care about losing a football game. I, I think it would have been a tough one at a program like that for a starter to do. He was a backup. So I, I'm with you. It would have been. I agree. It would have been tough. But it also I, I don't know, man, I. I don't think there's anything wrong with being able to. But I think he clearly picked that game for a reason, right? Because he knew it was going to be a win. Or maybe just because everyone was going to be there. No, maybe I he think like, he, didn't want to wait. I think you pick it for a reason because you just know it's full. Pick what? There wasn't even like a fireworks or anything. No, what did he, he have planned? To me, he picked the game for a reason because you would what? not do it at the shittiest game. You would well, do it at a better game, but it's too risky. You might what lose. I'm saying, what I'm saying is what plan would he have had to bump back? Just the travel? Everybody there? Yeah. And just pivot. Oh, okay. Yeah. So it's like a stealth fighter that he couldn't cancel. But I guess, so again, my take was going to be on Saquon. He just lost. He's 0 2. Should he be a college game day? And I was like, yeah, I'm too big of a stealth. Oh, oh, oh. yeah. He'd already, he had already scheduled that because it was his free weekend. Right. And it was at Penn State. And, you know, go stand up for your, for your alma mater. But I'm with you. I, you, you can't, the, the Niners can't do that right now. Well, guys, the they're already two and zero. You can't trade like if it if you traded him, even if you got let's say someone super desperate. And I'm not saying he's worth a first round pick, but let's say some team would give you a first round pick, you could be like, that's too good of a value. What if Trey Lance is not even close to being ready, and you go seven and ten? That'd be a problem. Yeah, for several reasons, right? Did you pick the wrong guy? Gave up all these picks. You could have kept winning with Jimmy. The fuck, you already had him on the books. What was the point? You could overthink it. I, I just think he's on the team now for a while. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Al year, says okay. Indy will trade for Nick Foles. I, and and when you texted that to me, I took it. I like to me that's more of an offseason yeah. conversation. I know you were kidding, and I put up a poll and I said what would be, and more people said they would want Saquon than a second round pick, which I thought was nuts. And then some people said, "I'm saving this tweet for when Jimmy balls out. I'm going to show you you wanted him traded." I'm like, that's not what this is about. This is about Saquon. But whatever. The internet's for fun, and I had fun with it. So. You got me thinking on that one. So well done. Okay. Uh, Derek Carr. Balling. He was, here are his numbers from the road win against the Pittsburgh Steelers. 28 of 37. You're going to do some quick math. That's 76% completion. 382 yards. Two touchdowns. And I think what's really significant Henry Ruggs had the best game of his career, career high five catches for 113 and had the most targets on the team, tied for the most targets on the team with seven. So it was, to me, part of Ruggs when we talk about Carr is like what you dreamed of when you got him, you saw it today and it worked in a win. Two, two bombs back to back weeks, right? That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Two explosive bombs with an explosive player. Today was a little sweeter because he scored a touchdown, but. And listen, yards, it's a, it's like money. It's inflated now. But he's averaging over 400 yards a game. I mean, that, I know it was overtime in the other game, but he's thrown for 817 yards. 
And I think when, whenever I'm just looking up, he's not, he, he's got knocked for years for playing like Alex Smith. And you and I, who are just so much closer to it, that I think than the national conversation, because outside of Derek and Fresno State and people watching him, even closely with the Raiders, the nationally, they kind of come in and be like, oh yeah, he plays like Alex. Like his skill set, Alex had to play like Alex. He couldn't throw the ball down the field. Part of, it's like, why can't Drew, Drew Brees doesn't have the arm anymore? He can't throw the ball down the field. Part of Derek Carr, like you're watching Herbert today, he can make these throws that 10 guys in the league can make. He The throw he made to, to Ruggs today, even the throw he made to Ruggs last week, the little lollipop one that probably flew 45 yards in the air, Alex couldn't do that on his greatest day of his career. The one Derek threw today, no chance. You see how far that ball went? There were multiple DBs. Like Derek's arm, like Jimmy Garoppolo. Derek has a much better arm than Jimmy Garoppolo. Like Derek has an explosive arm. And I think the question was, after he got hurt, could he play comfortable and confident in the pocket, right? And use that arm to his advantage. And maybe this was the mindset with Gruden. Part of getting Henry Ruggs, remember when they like acquired Ted Ginn and some of the guys with Alex, it's like, you know, it doesn't work. <laughs> like it's not, you know, Tyreek Hill, think how much better Tyreek has just been with Mahomes. Why? Because he can utilize him down the field. Like part of Ruggs, he should work with Derek. Right. Now, and part of Ruggs is he's better off on a team with a quarterback like Derek Carr. Right. He could have ended up on a team like if he's on uh, the Vikings. Well, I guess the Vikings actually do hit some bombs. But if he's on a – most quarterbacks can't do what Derek does. Now, this podcast has talked about the CeeDee Lamb historically is the type guy that he has a lot of success with. And that's that's true. Well, you know, I think CD is very like similar. Big targets, yeah. Big target, you know, contested catches, Keenan Allen type guy, Devontae Adams, who he played with in college. Crabtree resurrected his career. But Derek can make the throws to rugs. You just gotta call him. And Derek has to be comfortable with looking his way, which he was not last year, right? That was kind of a knock. Did Derek comfortable with Henry? I think they they look pretty comfortable right now. Felt like more of a rugs issue last year. Little, but Derek didn't throw it his way. So, yeah, right, but I, and Ruggs not knowing where to go. Yeah. I, I think part of deep ball accuracy is who who are you throwing it to and can that person make catches, right? Like how much is Russell Wilson, who throws some people think maybe the best deep ball in NFL history, aided by the fact that DK Metcalf can run like the wind and Tyler Lockett is like Willie Mays out there, right? It doesn't have to be a perfect throw for those guys. Yeah. So, uh, so uh, it's... It's similar with rugs. Like the question is with rugs. Like, can he, can he elevate Derek? And I, right now you're saying a Derek is the key to the whole thing, but rugs is, and we saw it in flashes last year, but now it feels like it's, it's consistent when you get that consistently, like then you're getting, when you're getting Deshaun Jackson consistently right now, you're doing things that most people in the NFL can't do and they're winning. They're two and oh. And you, see t- you see a touchdown he threw it to Edwards in the back of the end zone. Edwards looks sweet. So you got Edwards, Edwards who is, is the opposite body type of Ruggs, and a right. little bit it's he's going to be more mix. of a physical guy. And then you have Waller as well. Like those are three, those are three potent weapons. Now I think the question mark for them to be a to like truly make the playoffs because they're going to be their defense is I think a little overachieving, but it's clear they're way better than they've been. But they're going to be they're going to rely on their star quarterback and the offensive weapons. Like they need to figure out a way to get Josh Jacobs in the big games because he's he is a big time player. So like when they play the Chiefs, as these games go down and they're fighting for playoff seating, 
you know, he didn't play today. Now, they paid Kenyon Drake, who I like Kenyon Drake. Put him on my fantasy team today. I don't think he did that much. But if you can get Josh Jacobs and Kenyon Drake with those guys, they if Derek's going to play like this, you know, you'd say the MVP probably through two weeks. I think Kyler has eight touchdowns. <laughs> and he's, you know, if it ended up two weeks, he'd be hard to trump. I just think statistically he's been fucking remarkable. But Derek is going to be, I'm more confident on Derek sustaining Kyler better than last year, but he starts really fast. Can he sustain it? That would be my question. Derek can just, it's not going to be as fast paced as Kyler, even though I do think Derek can throw four and five touchdown games, but it's just not going to be quite as sexy just because Kyler is like, I don't know what the modern day Michael Vick. It's remarkable. Watch him run around and do what he's doing. It's, it's unreal. I kind of think Derek's deep ball looks like Michael Vick's a little bit. Derek it's a very sharp deep ball, you know, piercing. Mike Vicks. Vicks but, Michael Vick threw my favorite deep ball. But right he now. picks between. Like Derek has that ball that he threw to Ruggs, but he yeah. also has the Russell lollipop. Right. Which I think sometimes when he's not confident, which he hasn't been before when John first got here, or at least was trying to find his confident confidence, sometimes I feel like he gets lost between the throw. And right now, last week, when he threw it to Ruggs against the Ravens, perfectly timed for the lollipop. Perfectly timed. Threw it to that area. They clearly worked on it. Today with Ruggs, perfectly timed just whip it out and show how big your arm is and fucking hit him in stride and he'll walk in the end zone what Derek loves sitting. to do 100 that's the other thing to your point when people we talk about like Derek check down the check down he he, he we've seen it he did get and called back, didn't he? like that yes. wasn't like it was but that's not like that's not his his person he does want to air it out he did it in college with Devontae Adams a lot and not just Devontae actually um but he did it a lot in college that's he wants to show his arm off, which why wouldn't you? Everybody, if you had that arm, you would want to do it too. So that's that's what always was weird to me about, you know, kind of that conversation around him. Now he's got the weapon to do it, and and I think now they're two and zero. I mean, I know they're two and zero, but I think now you look at their schedule, and we talked about last week they could have the most impressive two and zero in the NFL. Now they got Miami, their situation. And the other thing from an MVP conversation standpoint with Derek is they're just going to play in a bunch. They're going to play. Denver games just are going to look difficult. Then they're going to play games. They're going to play four games in their division that are going to be viewed as premium games, right? Chiefs Chargers and Chargers. Chiefs. You're just going to have everyone's going to be locked in on those games, especially if if you're if both teams are in good shape. So he's going to have opportunities for these moments that also are required of an MVP. And then, as you mentioned to me before we started the show, this has been a conversation with him before. And I think sometimes that is a part of it. Like, are people already open-minded to the possibility of you winning the MVP? Um, I remember the year before Steph Curry won the MVP, it became a conversation like this guy, this is different. And it felt like he had some momentum where people were suddenly open-minded to, okay, this guy actually could be an MVP. And he won the MVP. I thought his first time in part because of how he had played at the end of the year, the previous season that it just opened people's eyes. Well, with Derek, his MVP potential year came several years ago, Right. And we've been talking since then about, can he be an MVP type candidate again? Well, yes. Yes, he can. And here it is. Yeah, I mean, it, it, when you have a star quarterback who's playing at the way Derek's playing right now, which is clearly, you know, I'd have to look through the quarterbacks, but top six or seven in the league. Like, they played a game against the Steelers. Now he's much older. They had a huge advantage at quarterback. Think about that. Again, it you know, peak Ben, he's one of the best quarterbacks in the league. But 2021, 
So back-to-back weeks against Lamar and Ben, they had a clear clear advantage last week. Lamar was pretty good, too. I wouldn't say clear advantage, but this week it wasn't even close. Right? Wasn't even close. The Steelers, what would the Steelers do to to trade quarterbacks with Gruden? Right? They would do it in a heartbeat. I know. This was part of the Terry Bradshaw, Howie Long argument before the game. Did you catch that? No, what was the argument? They was arguing over, like, one of them took the Steelers side as Terry had a Steelers jersey draped over. Howie had a Raiders jersey, his Raiders jersey over his shoulder, and they argued about whatever. Uh, just what to make Ben's? them argue. See, Ben, hey, ben puts up some hollow yards because he was 20. He threw for almost 300 yards. What were the number? How many completions? How many attempts? 27 of 40 for 295, a pick, and a touchdown. Now, the touchdown was like a swing route to Najee on that one that he scored. Yeah, which was pretty yeah. Cool. But you just watch him. He, just, he does look old. And, and unlike Tom, who's the all-time outlier of outliers, uh, I mean, Mal- Malcolm Gladwell could just rewrite the book Outliers and just have Tom Brady on the front and just have no pages, and every page was just Tom Brady. No, no, you know, no words in the book. Just every page is a picture of Tom Brady. Roethlisberger, to me, is what sports were when we were kids. And the way like our parents or our f- people we knew talked about sports, like guys got old. And it used to be at like 35 in baseball, basketball, and football. It's like, you know, it's a young man's game. That meant from like 22 to about 30 was kind of your, your run. And if you were lucky, you had this 30 to 35 run. But there was no, beside a kicker and the occasional reliever, maybe a jump shooter in the corner, but not even really. 35 to 40? You were fucked. It was over. You started working normal people jobs. You went into TV. You, you, you paid for your dealership. You did whatever you started doing in normal people life. Remember remember how old John Elway felt at 37 in the Super Bowl? It's like, John's holding on. Roethlisberger's 39 like right now, and it feels like he's holding on for dear life. I, I feel pretty confident Roethlisberger will, well, I don't know his, you know, I was going to say he's retire at the end of the season. He might not go as quietly. I watched his post game after week one, him in the suit talking about whatever he was talking about. And I, I remember thinking, I Pretty can't cocky. believe I'm watching this. No, just, I can't believe I'm watching this guy right now. Still playing quarterback. I, I feel like this should be his farewell season. And it doesn't feel like as he's talking that it's, it's his farewell season because they, he's kind of got them in a tough spot, right? I, we have and, seen and they don't have, have a better option. No, this well, this year, I mean, I do think they'll pivot after this year, don't you? Yeah, but again, you have to have something to pivot. Well, to. you just trade your first round pick, or you know, you go, you do something. You go, yeah, you, I, I, you cannot. But there's got to be the player you like. I mean, you, is Jake Hanner going to be they, there they when you're drafting at 17? Yeah, but, <laughs> this guy will not be on the team next year. I can't see it. Not if it goes. But I thought that last year about this year. They were truly pretty fucked this year. I mean, last year they won enough games. Do you think they're going to get to 10? If he ages quick, the problem's going to be right is that they have to get off the hot starts. Watts already heard. Who knows how long he'll be out? I'm not trying to diminish. That that was an impressive win today. Lewis on YouTube says the most impressive thing about the Raiders so far is the defense finally looked competent. But defense this is part of this goes back years. to their offense. Like it's that Felix says defense is finally good. It, when I in, their offense can be really prolific. Derek can be an MVP. So now, I mean, it's not just him, right? I mean, how many touchdowns does Tom Brady have right now? Well, how many like he threw? How many 11, he threw today? <laughs> five, I think, at least five, because he threw two to Gronk. Uh, did Mike Evans catch two? He had one. Yeah, 
Tom Brady today, guy, five touchdowns, no picks. So he's got nine touchdowns through two weeks. He's the yeah. touchdown leader. Yeah. So he might be the MVP. Again, I wonder if everyone's kind of open to Tom being the MVP. We'll see how the voters, if he gets the respect that he deserves. He does have three. Like, does he really need a fourth? Yeah, I think he probably does. Feels like he should retire with more than three MVPs. I give Derek a lot of credit for a guy that's taken a lot of shit to keep improving. Because I think that is really the story of Derek. He just keeps getting better. And I think it speaks to his work ethic. And just him and Gruden clearly figured this thing out. Yeah, and it's a credit. It is a credit to Gruden. We talk about some of the things that the Raiders have been missing. Right? But Gruden's thing is this. And it's going well in terms of Derek's development. Offense. Evolution. Offense. Yeah. 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 Now, as someone said in the chat earlier, he's going to get broken off here soon. Right? The MVP really would solidify that. But I, you you win an MVP. Well, that, then immediately he's forty million dollar quarterback, and he is the way he's playing right now. Yeah, he doesn't need an MVP for what, that. What would, what, what would Washington or the Giants or all these teams pay him? Steelers, for sure. Uh, but I'm, I was going to say, not even from a financial standpoint, you win an MVP and the stratosphere of player that you are now. It's there's no debates about it. Oh, is this is a top five guy. You just are. Changes a lot. It's like when you brought up Tom, it's going to be probably harder as it is always most years to win an MVP. <laughs> it's one guy gets it, right? Yeah, one guy gets it. Sometimes two, but who did Peyton share it with? Like uh, McNair. Sean Alex- oh, McNair. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Russell's never received a vote. It's crazy. <laughs> no. And I thought, you know, they were, uh, he was in, that was one of my takes last week that I was, I, I don't think I sent this to you. I, I almost texted this to you. Like, we were texting about things that we were going to talk about today was that I'm about to double down on Seattle because I said last week, I think one of the things with Seattle is they just might this year watching them against the Colts be the team that doesn't do the dumb things occasionally that Seattle does. Now this is the NFL. This isn't college football. You can lose a game and you know, whatever. I thought they'd be less of a roller coaster this year and they were not less of a roller coaster on in week two against the Titans. They had that game put away and, uh, and they got beat at home. I mean, they were up twenty-four to nine at halftime. Twenty-four to nine. I stopped paying attention. I, I just assumed it was a blowout. Didn't you? Like Todd yes. Downing, Titans are in shambles. I'm gonna look up. It's gonna be forty to seventeen type final score, right? Probably get a couple extra just Russell bombs in the second half to really just get Russell cocky and Pete and them all feeling each other in the twelves and woo. And when that game yeah, I think you were the one that alerted that it was close. I was shocked. I, I stopped paying attention. I got to go back and see the second half there because that makes no sense. The Titans were getting their ass kicked. That's a bad loss. And somehow the Cardinals, who were just watching that game, I just felt like, you know, this is probably they're going to end up dropping it. Somehow they win because Minnesota misses a 37-yard field goal. Yep. So this, today was a sneaky big. This is why the Niners had to go 2-0 in these games because it starts getting really hard. And you got to give the the Rams, they had one of the more bizarre fuck-up punts. Guy, they hit the up protector. It hits him. He acts like it's someone just tapping him on the shoulder. He's unfazed. He just runs like it's normal. Bro, the ball just hit you. Where, you think it just ended up in the punter's hands? He didn't break stride. And, and you talk about focus. He was super locked in. But there is part of like being super locked in and being just a player. You know, there's, I, when you go to these coaching meetings – that I used to go to sometimes just to be a fly on the wall, just it helps you scout or whatever. 
they're big on that. Like, listen, we ha- what we're teaching, you got to take to the field. But you also have to just be a playmaker, right? So have a have some instincts. Right. When the ball hits you, man. Do what you're told. It shot the other way. Like, what did you, if you if you went, what did you think hit you? Do you think someone ran into you? You're not thinking. He, guy, he ran, he split, but like the guard in the center, like he was going to cover. <laughs> Meanwhile, the punter's chasing the ball and it's just chaos. And he's sprinting down the field. That's that's the craziest thing I saw today. But I also give him credit. Like, that's his job. He, he might play four special teams. He doesn't play offense or defense. He's just locked. In. Maybe didn't he, it's possible that he would say he didn't even feel it. I don't know if there's been a post-game comment from him on that, but away game, super loud. It's not out of the realm of possibility, right? Just so much, so much noise. He just it just hit his pad. It's he a sport of contact. It. You're just used to just random things hitting you that you can't pay attention to. You know, I don't know. That's why. If you did feel it though, and not think like, oh, I bet it just landed in my punter's hands. <laughs> that's, that's pretty absurd. Oh, coach, I just follow the assignment. That's what I do 100 percent of the time. I follow the assignment. Yeah, you I said I got the. Not... You said I got the A lane, so I had to keep my lane. <laughs> yeah, Bones, Bones, the only special teams coach I I know I would not be happy. So there, actually, there were two because at one point in time, everyone was tweeting that the West they hadn't lost. Yeah. Right. And then the Chargers. And the Seattle Seahawks had some pretty kind of kick in the dick losses. Cause I'm watching the Charger game thinking Herbert's kind of di- slicing dicing, mm-hmm. but he was also could have thrown a couple picks. Something's just weird with the Cowboys, but not that weird with the Cowboys because they got so many sweet players. Micah Parsons, guy, he's a stand up linebacker. He's like Dre Greenlaw. I mean, that's his position. He's a Sam linebacker. You see today, they just moved him to defensive end. Yes. And if you watched him, he had a couple rushes. You're like, kind of looks like a fucking. $20 million pass rusher. Well, by the, and by the way, wasn't that game like an obvious don't, I, what was the, I don't remember what the over under on that game was, but it was high chargers, Cowboys. It was I'm, 60, maybe. Yeah, I, I don't know what it was. It was really high, but it was yeah. 20 to 17 was the final score. Like that under hit by a mile. Yeah. By a lot. That was a, that was a really, it was 14, 14 at halftime. And then there was just nothing in the second half though. Cause I, at halftime you're thinking there's gonna be some fireworks. And there just weren't. Herbert, Herbert threw a couple of picks, almost threw for 400 yards. I, they just, yeah, I mean, there was the sequence back to back. It was seconds apart where the Cowboys hit the game winner and the Vikings missed the game winner. Seconds apart, like with zeros on the clock. Yeah. John, this podcast is brought to you in part by our fans at Manscaped. Manscaped.com, promo code HAM. Manscaped.com, promo code HAM gets you 20% off and free shipping. Go get yourself the Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, which is now available for purchase in the USA and Canada. Right now, right. manscaped.com. do for the winner there, Canadians. No, you, exactly. Manscaped.com. Canadian goose. Manscaped.com. Promo code HAM. 20% off. Free shipping. You also, we got the Lawnmower 4.0. They sent the nose trimmers. The nose trimmers. Uh, it's incredible. Look, Haberman, you had nose hairs everywhere. You used the trimmers. Now it's clean. No one could see it on camera. HD, I was watching them. I couldn't see them. But you're right about that. <laughs> the camera was a little high. You definitely weren't yeah. going to get a nostril. Uh, but yeah, look, the 4.0 gives you the ability to turn the 4,000K LED spotlight on and off whenever you need for precise shaving. The new trimmer even allows you to customize your trim all over through additional guard lengths, sizes one through four. So, you know, you can 
you could even do a fade if you wanted, <laughs> you know, yeah. do a tight fade. Uh, and all, uh, was that ombre? You know, where women get their hair, it's like goes, it's one shade and then goes down to another shade. You could do the ombre. I don't know if it would do the oh, ombre. I was look. thinking you were saying the one where they shave half their head, but keep the sweet. That's a kind of a sexy look. I yeah. <laughs> uh, it's, and the other thing is it's, it's just kind of sleek looking like you got in the bathroom, wherever you keep it. It, it, it yeah. just makes you look like a modern man. The optimized lawnmower 4.0 trimmer is waterproof. So you can groom in the shower and not have to worry about making a mess oh. on the bathroom floor from the window to the wall. <laughs> uh, so 20% off free shipping ham. That's the code. Everybody promo code ham promo code ham. Tell your and friends manscaped.com promo code ham butcherbox.com slash ham and another special deal free for a year. You get salmon, chicken breast or steak tips in every order for a year. Plus an additional 20 bucks off right now at butcherbox.com slash ham. Been telling you about it for years. Been eating it for years on a regular basis. Easily find high quality meat and seafood. You can trust 100% grass fed beef, free range organic chicken, pork raised crate free and wild caught seafood. Always be prepared with meat in the freezer. When you get butcherbox.com slash ham delivered right to your doorstep with free shipping. Butcherbox is offering you free for a year plus an additional 20 bucks off either salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips in every order for free. Sign up today at butcherbox.com slash ham and use the code ham to choose your free offer for a year plus get $20 off your first order. What's up, everybody? It's your old friend, John Middlecoff. I'm here to tell you about our friends at game time. Here's what I need you to do. Go to your smartphone, download a little app called game time. Baseball season's in full swing. Oracle Park. Been there a million times. Never doesn't live up to the hype. Go get yourself some garlic fries, a brewski, maybe uh, some ice cream. They have very good Ghirardelli ice cream there. And when you do that, Promo code HAM. So download the Game Time app. Your first pair of tickets, promo code HAM, H-A-M. Save $20. The A's, only going to be in the Bay Area for the rest of this season. You probably can basically go for free. Just buy a pair of tickets to any baseball game. They also have comedy shows if you want to check one of those out, or concerts. Game Time app, promo code HAM. Save yourself $20. We don't even need a thank you. Just hammer that promo code. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. What else you got? What else you just got? want to? You just want to do twenty minutes on Jake Hayner? 
Because yeah, I mean, let's keep going. We talked about him a little earlier, but the really, I guess before that, it really is a special place. Like there, there are a lot of places that get talked about. I know in the West, you were just calling a game. I know it was a rainy night, but that place is the loudest place on the West Coast. Oregon, Autzen Stadium. My cousin Kenny has played there countless times. He couldn't. You, you couldn't talk to the guy next to you. Have you been to a game there when you just on the sideline? Have you done a sideline game there? Uh, no, I don't think it's so. From everyone that I've known, I've never been to a game there. It's historically loud. Penn State's opening when they do the whiteout and the place is rocking and they all have the pom-poms and they're all in sync. In all of football, I would put that right up there with... You could just go all of sports. It is a truly, truly special environment. It was so badass. Just the the walkout in the white... But but even when they scored a late touchdown to like take the lead... That place was just like, yeah, this is this would be a fun place to watch a football game. Pom poms are. I'm not make, being funny here. Pom poms kind of underrated as like a sweet thing if all if the whole crowd has it. Looks but awesome. They, the, they they know the timing perfectly, mm-hmm. so the pom poms all go up and back at the same time. It's not like half of them are. They're just. It's not their first rodeo. <laughs> they're just. It's remarkable. And then when you factor in the SEC and they're, it, it was badass, leading into easily the most badass thing I would say of Saturday or Sunday. Jake Hayner is just on an all-time heater right now. He, I mean, he might just be a good player, right? He I think he is recruit. a good player. Yeah, yeah. He went to Washington when they were kind of in their heyday, right? With Chris Peterson winning a bunch. Was he going to be the guy that took over for Browning? Well, they had several. They had a court. They had a really. One of the stories was they had a really stacked quarterback room. Like they had several guys who were like, "Who's going to win this job?" Uh, one of them, I think, Colson Yankoff was one of them. He was actually you saw him talking to Jake post game. He's on UCLA now. Uh, but they had several players, yeah. Jacob Sermon, who's there now as their starter. Jacob Eason, they had all these Jacobs. And um, there were a lot of people. I've, I've talked to somebody who who was around that team every day who thought that Jake Hayner had earned the job, had beaten out Jacob Eason. And maybe it was close, but they went with Jacob Eason, and Jake Hayner transferred immediately, like the next day, because he thought he'd won the job. And again, a lot of people thought he had won the job. And I, I think he's proved to be a better college quarterback than Jacob Eason was. He's a better college quarterback than most college quarterbacks. Like he's one of the best quarterbacks in college football. And what's really weird, and I would love to ask Chris Peterson about this. When I watch him play, I think this guy, and he's on a really good team. And I, I, I think I liked him more than you did. Uh, I, I really believed in this team. What I saw uh, against Oregon, and I even I understand people going, you know, Oregon's overlooking him. I get it. But just watching their lines, watching how good Hayner was, I just remember watching Hayner a little last year. Yeah, think, and then just knowing people around the program telling me how good the coaches, who's also their coordinator and play caller, Kalen offensive guy. Yep. So I start viewing him as like, is he just a Power Five head coach? And the dogs are going to be really lucky, hopefully, to have him for three years. Hell, maybe just you know the way college football is. It's not out of the realm of possibility. It's like a one and done. You know, you just never know if he goes eleven and one and wins the Mountain West. And but this is second year as the head coach. Oh yeah, so I I didn't count. You're right. So you'd be two and done, but it would feel like one and done because you finally got him in a in a start to finish season. You're like, we could that's, win that's with this point. guy, right? Yeah. Yep. But to me, Hayner reminded me of, and you and I saw it firsthand. Those Boise teams under Chris Peterson were unreal. There were college football was a little different back then, right? They would not be as good as like last year's Alabama team or the LSU team two years ago. Like they weren't on that level or some of the Clemson teams. 
But at that time, I, I think that some of the teams, there weren't like SC didn't have a huge powerhouse team. The SEC was pre-Saban. They, they weren't as good as the urban Florida team. But I swear to God, I thought that team was, there weren't five better teams than them in the country. And that guy, Jacob Hayner, is like, that's, to me, he felt like peak Boise. He would have gone there, kicked ass. They kicked ass with Kellen Moore. This guy is dramatically more talented. He's got a much better arm. He's got an arm like Derek or Zach Wilson throwing sidearms. He was the best player on the field last night against UCLA. He was clearly pretty good and has a bunch of pros. He was one of the best players on the field. Obviously, Kayvon gets knocked out, was the best player in the field. But when they played Oregon, how many guys, Oregon too, were better than Hayner in that game? Yeah, Short well, list. And Oregon's, what, what are they ranked, guy? Third? Fourth. He's better than both Pac-12 quarterbacks that he's played this year. He's better than most Pac-12 quarterbacks. I mean, I think he you could argue he'd start for almost every I, – I said after the Oregon game, nine. Um, but I'm not going to repeat myself on that because I already said it on the show. But, um, I, like, he's – you know what I thought watching him on Saturday night was this is an NFL quarterback. This isn't just a really good college quarterback. And is this a first-round quarterback? And you texted me that today too. But I, I had that thought watching him against UCLA because here's the thing. It, that's a killer loss for UCLA because they're trying to go unbeaten. And they had just beaten LSU and they're coming off a bye, which is kind of a weird early bye. I thought UCLA looked pretty good. Now, they had some breakdowns in the secondary. But I watched UCLA and thought, I think they're damn good. Like, that was part of what made it so impressive was Jake Hayner didn't just beat some team that didn't take Fresno State seriously. UCLA on defense, again, to breakdowns in the secondary, but they fly around. Like, they are a really aggressive defense. And clearly, they're really explosive on offense. And they showed up. And that was a physical-ass game. And I saw it last year with Hanner. He 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 lost their season finale against New Mexico last year. Rocky Long, they got after him. But it was similar in that he got he got he got hurt bad in the end zone last year, the last game of the year against New Mexico. I thought he was done for the day. I don't know. Maybe he missed a snap, came back, same deal, like limping off the field. And it's not fake with him. Like he is just tough as nails. And that's, that's the one thing I do wonder about is because the first thing you say is, well, he's not very big. It's like, yeah, but Kyler's not big and Baker's not big. And like the league is clearly more open-minded to quarterbacks that are six feet tall. Is that what he he is? Yeah. Yeah. He takes shots. Yeah. Like Kyler doesn't get hit this much. Well, because I went to bed last night, so I, you know, <laughs> missed the last five minutes, which were clearly remarkable. You Three went to bed or fell asleep watching F- the game? Fell, fell asleep. Fell asleep. Uh, I woke up like 5 a.m. I mean, I was out, right? And I the TV was still on. It, I, I turned the volume down, but I looked at my phone and just saw, and I immediately That's why you sent me Network. the photo this morning, because you hadn't, you didn't realize. Okay. No. So I go to Pac-12 Network. And they're replaying, you know, the Pac-12 after dark. And they're talking a lot about that game. And I watched Chip. They go to Chip. And Chip even said, I told these guys. Like, he was very complimentary of Fresno State. Yeah. How good these guys were. Yeah, I didn't really have to tell them. We just turned on the tape. They just played Oregon. And then with Hayner, he's like, we threw everything at him. We gave him three-man rushes, dropped everyone back. We blitzed the house. We blitzed one guy. We, we did it all. And he beat us. Basically, kind of tipped his hat to the kid. Like this guy, he said it. I think he said it's one of the greatest quarterback performances he's ever seen. That's he what was fucking said. remarkable. I mean, he was—he's an NFL player. I mean, there's no doubt. 
10 years ago, you'd nitpick him, not big enough, all that stuff. Right. I don't see how you can say that now. Well, is right? he, but again, is he a first rounder? Because I think if Derek Carr had come out now, Derek Carr would absolutely have been a first round pick. Like it's crazy given Derek's skill set that he was not a first round pick. Well, if Hayner was at Oklahoma and doing what he's doing, he'd be in the front runner for Heisman. I saw last night the official front runner for Heisman because there's not a good one this year is now the old Miss guy. Oh, Matt Corral, because he had yeah. a bunch of touchdowns. The other he had, day. He had like game. some historic Saturday against in terms lane. of rushing and passing. Yeah. Now he's a talented player, but he actually a little bit like Hainer, smaller, athletic, big arm, very similar. He is not 6'4". Corral. No. He's a little thicker. Thicker, yeah. Seems like, I think. But yeah. But to your point, like there's not, and you said this the other day, there's not like these clear-cut quarterbacks this year. Right. Uh, it's just though between those two, who else have you seen? They're like, yeah, I'd want that guy to be my starting NFL quarterback. I haven't seen one. Spencer Rattler. I, I, no, I, I mean, I'm out on Rattler. So, so Jake Hayner could be the first quarterback taken in the drill. Like it's because here's what he is going to have is people are going to watch him. They already are and go. So the one thing that matters the most, how you play football, this guy is fantastic. Guy. Coaches are going to love him, right? Yeah. I mean, he's, and he's a Danville. He's a Bay Area guy. We already mentioned that, but here's a reminder. Pretty, I mean, uh, Danville Ertz is clearly up there. Hainer's right up there. C.J. Anderson is from Vallejo, but he's now coaching, I think, uh, maybe not Hainer's school, Monta Vista. That's Adam Peters' school. There's Monta yeah. Vista, and there's another high school, I think. Maybe Jake Hainer went to the other one. But, uh, yeah, pretty incredible performance. It was. I, I can't tell you, guy. Yeah. Now, part of it was, I actually don't even think it was that much of the gambling win. It was just like, I just took a lot of pride in watching that guy. Like, he just represented this program. And know how much pride people around that city take in their football program? To me, he is, he's everything. If you could, you know, draw up a football player at Fresno State. I saw Derek, they, uh, Paul Gutierrez tweeted it out. I think he opened up his press conference like this. He's like, if you're a kid in California... Where else you want to play? We've beat them four times in a row. UCLA, yeah. They've beat them at the Rose Bowl three straight times. Like that's it's one thing to beat someone one straight time. Hell, even two, three straight times at the Rose Bowl for at Fresno the, State. And I think at the Rose Bowl. And it's when, but but I go back they were to good. Yeah, that's what I see. I go back to there have been years where UCLA wasn't good, and it's still a big deal. But UCLA, I think UCLA is actually like UCLA could win nine games. games this year. Yeah. I think they could win. Like they. ASU's not one of the. I mean, it's just there are too many other teams in terms of the Pac-12 South. Like they could. Arizona give them a run for their money. You think Arizona has got some work to do, John? They lost to NAU, who had been blown out twice by teams that you are not familiar with. So, Colorado got their ass kicked by Minnesota. Yes, they did. (laughs) Well, you know why they did? Because I watched Minnesota against Ohio State. You know what my takeaway is? Minnesota's pretty good, right? And Colorado just probably a couple years away. Utah. Lost to San Diego State. My other take? Which, Mountain West, not good. bad. <laughs> San Diego State's good, yeah. <laughs> but you can't lose. Yeah, you can't lose that game. I think you can. I mean, they're, they're probably I mean, you a little can't, closer. John, you can't lose that game after you just lost to BYU the week before if you're really a team that, yeah. you know, people well, don't want to be taken seriously. Uh, I thought they were going to be, but nonetheless... Did, we, did they already talk about the game, Kenneth asked on YouTube? <clears throat> I'm not sure which game you're talking about, but probably... Yeah, probably. I think we if we talk about the Raider game or the Niner game, we did. So a six-letter on YouTube says, Hainer reminds me of Heineke. 
Well, Heineke, Heineke was a really I, accom- he was a, no he was a he was a like a Big Ten somewhere. No, it it was like you know a UC Davis type school. It was Old Dominion. Old Dominion. Because they showed cool. at during the game a picture of him or no, it was on my bar stool. Tweeted it out during Thursday night game. Like they must have won either the national championship or a game to get to the national championship, right? Division one, double a, when they go to the, you know, the final 16 teams, they play each other like bracket style. And he was like shot getting beers after a big win with like some, with a coach. I think he was like a, just a big time, small school, kind of like a, probably a lesser version of like Jimmy, you know? Yeah. Cause he was undrafted. But I, I mean, I, He's six one. Yeah, I mean, honestly, yeah, have you watched one, Liberty? Somebody, I, I said Malik Willis in the chat. Somebody said Malik Willis from Liberty. I saw him on a draft board. I have not watched him. We know his in coach is. Uh, Hospital Hugh. Hospital Hugh. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus with some strippers. <laughs> Hospital prostitutes. You. you know. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Well, it's just you know on his phone he had some prostitutes, but you know every day he tweeted from the old Miss account about you know. Uh, uh, religious quote. So people thought he was a little hypocritical. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, you, he was married as well. That was part of it, right? Married. Everyone's just trying to do their best. (laughs) And I think what always gets back to the best is worse than others. You know, (laughs) (laughs) the defining characteristic of you is he's an incredible offensive play caller. That's what it always gets back. That's what, that's what matters here. You know, we'll get, you know, get them in this. I, I do think my takeaway from Oklahoma yesterday was like they had an incredible run of three straight quarterbacks who with Lincoln, this kid's not that level. And when, No, and when, which of course, most guys, would, I mean, we're talking about number one picks that lived up to it. Yeah. But he's somewhere in the, he's not bad, right? He's not like, uh, like JT Daniels or Barkley, a guy that clearly could never live up to the hype. Even Mark Sanchez in college, I know he got drafted fifth, but it always felt like, you know, wanted a little more when he was playing. He's fine. He's just a solid player. I just don't think he's going to get Most quarterbacks, most, most, this is most guys, and we all know this if you're watching a football, don't look like Jake Hayner. No, I love Jake Hayner. He's my favorite player right now in all football by far. Yeah, I, lo- I, I, I love Jake start, Hayner. Everybody start sending messages to Jake Hayner. If you're listening yeah. to this or watching this right now, there's a lot of you, we know. D- d- tweet at him, IG, TikTok him, uh, whatever. But tell Jake Hanner, Ham wants to talk to you. So you're dropping like flies. You're trying to get a fly. They're impossible to drop. <laughs> <laughs> Bastards, and they get in your dome, too. You know, chasing Steph Curry around screens. <laughs> All right. Uh, good show, everybody. Big week ahead. We'll have a DraftKings game out. Puesto. 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 Happy. Welcome to the pod, Puesto. Tito! Love you, Tito. Manscaped! <laughs> Keep going. My bookie! Love our partners. All right. Thanks for hanging, everybody. Good work. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue. All in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.